see your license plate. What about I don't the other boys? I don't know. What about the know. other boys? Do you think they'll go to the police? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Why should you matter. be the only one involved? Matter. Well, far be it for me to tell you what oh, to do. Oh, are you going to preach? Do we have to listen to a sermon now? Well, I'm only trying to tell him what you mean. You, you can't be idealistic all your except life, Jim. Nobody, nobody except, thanks you for sticking your neck to yourself. Wait a minute. Accept yourself. You don't want me to go. No. No, I don't want you to go to the police. There were other people. Why should you be the only one involved? But I am involved. We are all involved. Mom, a boy, a kid was killed tonight. I don't see how I can get out of that by pretending that it didn't happen. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think we're just in the tin, it's best film ever, my name's Ian. I'm Liam and I'm back. Woo! I'm Ethan and I'm also back. And I'm Georgia and I was here last week. Hey! <laughs> I wasn't. That Dedication was... high five. Do you know what? Was... <laughs> no, no. We, we, you said you listened to the episode, so you heard listen. us, you heard us say I that did, yeah. COVID sucks and we ended up kind of, like, not directly being affected, but indirectly being affected by it. It was hard for me. It really was. I'd never took a break. And then you punished yourself by listening to it. I did. I yeah, did. Yeah, bless you. And you guys were so good. I was terrified you didn't be like, I don't want to do this anymore. You guys don't need me. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> this is where you have to like confirm me. You're still good to do the podcast. <laughs> I am still okay, good. good. But, you know, you guys have had such good banter. I mean, it was, it was all right. great to listen to you. It was all right. It's interesting how, you know, the dynamic has to change when someone's away, it sort of shifts. Yeah. I know when we, when we have boys night, it feels different from when we have all four. Or when we had Ellie back, you know, it, yeah, these yeah, things yeah. kind of organically change. I mean, God knows what's going to happen when you guys will do it without me sometime. Well, yeah. <laughs> there we go. The podcast Terrifying. will carry on. There we go. <laughs> You sent it to me to edit. That's taking the mic. <laughs> uh, welcome to episode number 104, Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, I felt it was important for us to talk before we get started. Uh, these things happen in threes, and we got two of them. Betty White. Yeah. So George and I, of course, released... Everyone was invited, but George and I ended up recording a, um, a watch-along on the proposal. It was really good. Which was fun, and she was yeah, great. It was lots of fun. There's a line where she's like, and soon I'll be gone. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh that was hard. If you look yeah. to it, it's like us going, oh. At first, we laugh because it's a funny line. Went, yeah, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Has a different meaning now. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, if you're out there and you've listened to it yet, fire up you know, your outdated viewing device of choice, DVD, Blu-ray, or, or find some sort of way to watch it on demand. Laserdisc. <laughs> I don't think VHSs exist for the proposal. <laughs> but go ahead and give it a watch. And then it was, it was just yesterday, the day before, yeah. Sydney Portier. No. Yeah, yeah, you don't know us? I didn't know that. No, yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, which, which, of course, we covered in The Sir With Love. My favorite teacher. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're my second favorite. I'll take second. <laughs> to Sydney. I'm, 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 I'm quite upset that I have to now achieve the rank of number one now because everybody gets moved up one um no i was i was sitting there going oh and a lot of people a lot of people did, had we had a lot of good feedback on the to serve a love episode and i was we glad did. to have watched it i really mm. really was it's a it's a great movie it is and so there's how old was he then he must have been in his 90s 92 I think. oh yeah he was he was he was plenty i was actually i, I kind of thought he'd already passed 
See, I, I knew it was it was one, it was one of those where you go, oh, I'm sure he's passed, and then oh yeah. no, he had he hadn't. Oh, but now he oh, okay. Oh. So it's kind of weird. Like are you sad? <laughs> like you already thought he was passed, but a bit like um, Don Amici, is it? <laughs> Don Amici. <yeah. laughs> yeah. Everyone thought he. Had. Everyone thought he, that was that was one of my yeah. <laughs> which is uh, so let's bring it up a little bit. Uh, we passed forty thousand downloads this 40, week. Forty thousand, crazy. It's crazy. But it's down to you guys out there listening to us. When I think that March 12th, when we hit 10,000, and I was like, all right, I'll do, I'll do a, Greece. That was a milestone, wasn't and it? And I said, let's shoot really. And I thought, totally wacky prediction, 50,000. Not as a prediction, a goal. Yeah. And we're like, we're like right about there. We're a little, <laughs> bit, we're a little bit, sh- we're a little bit shy of it. We're a little bit shy of it. Remember your. Uh, I do remember. Yeah, I promised yeah. if people do that, I will use a pick on dirty dancing. I will. Yeah, you did. So we will see how that goes. I'm not trying to put you in a corner, but you know, nobody puts me in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. It's up to the. Hey, if you want to hear me struggle. I, I, there's I, there's more things I'm excited I, I'm positive about about Dirty Dancing than I am with Grace. Uh, woo. So 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 if if if, if you want to hear me ask where I can get the sheet music for this, um, <laughs> tell your friends about about BFE. Get us to fifty thousand. We're right yeah. about pace. We're we're probably about two weeks behind the pace currently. Come on, we can do so this. There we go, folks. That's most incredible and it's somehow in, terrifying. It's in it's in your hands. Uh, we charted this week. Uh, let's just do this quickly. In Great Britain, in Canada, Canada. It, I, I hesitated. Then you did. Only reason being because Georgia did it so she was, well. She was just filling in. I was just filling in. <laughs> in in Australia, uh, in Brazil, Ireland, Denmark, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Philippines, Colombia, Malaysia, and number forty eight in South Korea. So thank wow. you very much, everybody, all around the world. Um, yeah, promos you. we did fantastic mr fox last week lee uh, according to liam very good episode it was. Yeah. it was a very good episode uh, and and one brought to us by our first patron yeah, yeah. first patron in the pool andrew Oshevsky. hey thanks a lot buddy that was uh, very cool. yeah. i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed i mean phrase that i really enjoyed the first 60 minutes and the last 20 30 minutes i was like it's all right yeah yeah it's kind of where i was at but overall i was really good. glad to yeah, have seen yeah. it yeah. So, uh, you know, I listened to it three times, once when, when we have the conversation, once when I edit, yeah. and once afterwards, quality control. Yeah, I thought, I thought, despite the fact that it's just two of us, I thought it came off okay. <laughs> just the two of us. I was listening <laughs> to it going, make oh, it. no, I really misjudged everyone's thoughts on this Yeah, because you thought we'd be, uh, yeah, yeah. I was expecting it to be a bit lower. Well, there we go. Pleasantly surprised, even though I was the most negative. And speaking of pleasantly surprised, it's a nice segue to talk about. We'll be doing the besties. They'll be released on Friday. And we're we'll curious to see what people ranked as their best of what we covered in 2021. There might be a few surprises. Tell you what, people keep trying to get below the wire with last minute additions to the sort of fledgling <laughs> fandom list that I'm like... All right, let's 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 put a bow on this. You keep amending it. <laughs> it's officially done now because once we start recording, I'm not changing it. So nope. <laughs> we're gonna go right from this into that. So uh, we'll continue on and crack a lock on some reflections and corrections. There's a mistake. I think I made. Well, we both know it's not going to be me or Ethan. <laughs> Oh, it might be. Uh, <laughs> this one's on me. It's from uh, Josh from your next favorite movie. Got a hold of us and said, Licorice Pizza. I thought it was Wes Anderson. It's a Paul Thomas Anderson yeah. film. Uh, Dwayne Smith got a hold of me as well. That's Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. He got a hold of me as well. Yeah, but he says it's okay. I said, look, dude, it's just a blind spot. I just really can, can't keep track of. I, know, I think I associate all Wes Anderson films to both Andersons. And I he didn't goes, know there was more than one Anderson. Yeah, so. there's a uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, and he goes, "That's okay." He confuses Reese Weatherspoon and Renee Zellweger. And oh, they I'm do like, look oh. the same, though. Oh no, yeah, I they do. Totally different. Isn't for me. it Witherspoon? 
Witherspoon? Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Not Witherspoons, as in... Oh, sorry, Witherspoon. Oh, hit the button. <laughs> Let's just wait until we do Tarantino and you guys are calling Quentin and I got to push that button a thousand Quentin. times. Quentin. Hey, I'm in I was watching... Quentin I was watching clips in the Joe Rogan thing. I'm not a Joe Rogan listener. Yeah. But, but I had a friend who said, you'll really like this based on, you know, he, he knows how to do a film podcast. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. And uh, I watched it, and I even heard Joe Rogan call him Quentin. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I showed him in class, and I was like, never do this. I'll be <laughs> honest. I used to call him Quentin until yeah. I heard you say it. Yep. And uh, you, you made a big thing about it. Yes, I do. <laughs> People's names are important. And, uh, you know, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I stand corrected. There we go. So that's why I pushed the button on myself for Witherspoon, Witherspoon. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, Kelly Madden said she confuses Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulrooney. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. who either of those people I think people Dermot are. Mulrooney is the guy with the long face in my best friend's wedding. He's yes. the best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dylan McDermott was the guy who was on The Practice, and he's been in a bunch yes. of other things. He plays he, a scumbag more often than not now. Was yeah. he in uh, Shaun of the Dead? No. I'm Dylan McDermott's American. I'm thinking of a different Dylan. In, who's the guy in um, Lord of the Rings? Which, 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 which part? There's a lot of people in that movie. Well, in all of them. Which one? What did he play? Yeah. I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> Who's the guy in that, that giant film franchise? The character of which I'm harvesting that for 2022. <laughs> I'm just finished doing like I'm just finished doing like a thousand montages, and I'm like I'm done. Harvest stuff for the best of and the worst of. There's a lot of you in the best of as well, though. Oh, okay. There that's we cool, go. Then. I feel a bit better. And, and the worst of it goes. We, we do spread the love a little bit more this year than last year. Oh, okay. Last yeah, year yeah. it was a lot of you. It was a lot. There's a lot of me in this one this year. <laughs> but there are sequences where there's a lot of you in it. <laughs> but that'll be not this friday this friday's the best of next friday's the worst uh, of. so there we go uh hermes said the bully and fantastic mr fox is a beaver uh, not a dog a beaver I, d- I couldn't tell what he was beavers are a majestic on behalf of canadians beavers are a majestic creature also it didn't say anywhere online i looked for ages and couldn't find him there we go uh dwayne smith that was Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Yeah, I know. I Sorry, sort of, I, know, I botched you, it. You didn't you say Poet Laureate. I know. Yeah. Pardon me? You didn't call oh, Poet Laureate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, loved the musical's real roundtable. <laughs> loved having Danny and Drew along for the ride, as did we. Mm-hmm. He thinks the audience list beat our list. He's wrong. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's, wrong. he's just Rocky Horror should be number one. I'm like, okay, I like Rocky <laughs> Horror. <laughs> I like it. No. But he was surprised Les Mis wasn't mentioned. I think we, did we talk? I don't know if we talked about it the first time or the second time. The great power bar incident of late 2020. 21. Which we've, we've fixed. I have bought a new power bar There's without power switches. Bar. It doesn't have switches on because who puts individual switches on a power you know bar I love anyway? the fact that you did that. Oh, I, <laughs> that could never happen I don't want that to happen again. <laughs> Neither do I. That wasn't even Patreon money. That was just me going, let's fix this. Uh, and he also thought that the CCP, the Cinematic Council podcast, was going to have a great format, which I, I did like it, even if it sounds like an evil organization. It did. It literally sounded it like the Chinese. Legal, it was, evil. Yep. Well, the yeah. CCP is literally the Chinese communist party oh is it yeah if i can get a fourth one at cccp which is what the soviet union called yeah. themselves on their own <laughs> uniforms it was always cccp i was listening to you that? saying that i was like oh what's that logo company in uh, robocop that's something like that, i right? haven't seen robocop oh, CP- i don't think i've ever seen a robocop movie okay. all the way through if i'm being honest this one's good. Let's move on to some shout-outs, because they're all so good. Uh, we want to thank Jonathan Jones, who listed us as a five-star listen for our See It or Skip It on No Way Home. Oh, very cool. He said, uh, you guys all did a great job. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Oh. 
Uh, Josh McNeck's favorite movie for the love. Vern from Cinema Recall for the love. Casting Views for the love. So Wizard Podcast. They do great stuff. They have a bigger cast than we do. They have like six people. I think they they rotate in, but still. Must be some magic involved. (laughs) Some trickery. Uh, Malice After Midnight for the Love and then Survivor UK Revived because we talked about this a we little did, bit yeah. so there's a lot of info about their sort of mission in life and they're here trying to get Survivor back on a British television honestly if you manage to get it and they're like you need people who are willing to do it sign us up I don't think he's actually going to be like he's just petitioning to get it on the air I don't but think he's like, running the show you know, if someone was like Oh, okay. Maybe in case there's two need, levels of people listening right now. They then, need no, no, no. He, he the oh, person listening, yeah. Survivor UK guys, yeah. gets enough traction that the producers are like, yeah, okay, but you, we need proof that people would want to be on it. Sign us up. I think the bigger problem that people want to be on it is will people watch it? I, I, I think also, they will. I it's brilliant. Watch it. Does anybody else think it's ironic that a show called Survivor <laughs> never survived on air? In a here in England. Well, not, not here in the UK, yeah. yeah. Isn't that funny? It's just become revived big time in Australia, and they recommend the South African one, so I'm going to have to see if I can find oh, it through some means. Yeah, call it Reviver. <laughs> Reviver. I'm a reviver. I'm going to give up and then bring it back again. <laughs> what would it be? It wouldn't be outplay, outlast. It'd be, <laughs> Replay. Relapse. 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 Kevin from the podcast that wouldn't die keeps trolling me with Moonfall promotional materials. You, have you heard about I think this movie's really got more traction in the in the states than here oh i saw a trailer for this during no way home and i just i groaned the the entire time the moon is falling towards earth it's like a disaster movie and the moon is falling is that the leonardo DiCaprio thingy no 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 no, no. that's gonna be decent i want to watch that oh i i really liked it well what i'm thinking about doing see it or skip it so we'll have to just people forget about what what ethan said there (laughs) (laughs) don't don't listen up yeah no i was gonna call moonfall's got um donald sutherland I like Donald Sutherland. And it's got the, you know, the nerdy guy who was like Jon Snow's best friend in Game of Thrones? The fat guy you yes. wanted to be a... I, uh, I liked him. A mason or whatever yeah, they yeah, called yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so so it's the two of them. And it's about, I think, I don't know if Halle Berry's in it or something like that. Sam- no, Summer Hayek. Summer Hayek? Okay. Maybe. I think, no. Yeah, maybe. I look forward to hearing the yellow button that I have to push because I said uh, Halle Berry. Maybe I'm right, the, but I'm probably the, not. I think it might be Summer Hayek. The ad looks like a really awful phone ad. Like, at the beginning, because it's like the awkward British guy being like, oh, oh, I need to do this thing, need to do this thing. The power of Broadbent. That's pretty much how every uh, Survivor movie sort of happens, is that there's always the British guy who's, like, out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean going, oh, things aren't looking good here. (laughs) The first one to be killed, or the one who miraculously survives to the end. I think he'll miraculously survive. We got a whole bunch of content from friend of the uh, Poet Laureate. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Because you heard the intake yep, there. He, he, he left things uh, alone for Christmas break. So he enjoyed catching up. Uh, he wished he'd heard Die Hard on Christmas Eve. Uh. He said it was great to hear Ellie again because she sent in, of course, her audio sort of thoughts. That was nice to hear. He prefers Die Hard 1 over 3. Uh, they're just two very different movies. I prefer 3. I say they're not really. You could put them in different franchises. They'd be completely yeah, different films. Yeah. That's too different. The, from Die Hard 3 onwards, it's a different franchise from yeah. Die Hard 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shoot the flick for the love uh, Hermes said no one's going to take his troll crown but then endorsed us on his podcast I'm like I'm not sure you get how trolling works buddy <laughs> um, so uh, Danny and Drew from It's a Musical Pod always hey. for all the love uh, Ray from NBC uh, friend of the podcast Ian Davies he's a friend of the podcast on Patreon la 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was we were the friend of the Patreon that just kept going <laughs> 
Um, and uh, he gives Ethan a shout out for an excellent Ooh. intro for our review of End of Time on Who Do You Think You Are? Oh, that was a fun one. That was, I mean, that, that was that, a stressful one. That, that, that is the best one you've done. I mean, you've done a lot of good ones that, that by far, like, good luck beating that. I sent it at like three in the morning. You're like, I think this yeah. is a flex that you sent. I'm like, yeah, but I need the praise. Yeah, he sent me the intro. I the and I went, he said, here it is. And I went, okay, you're flexing. It's totally deserved. But, <laughs> but, but you are clearly flexing. Him. I went, oh, I finished this. Any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it's like three minutes. Basically, long. it was Ethan's way of going. Acknowledge <laughs> So I did. did yeah. um, also, we've got friend of the podcast, Julene. I don't remember my little song. La 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 la. It was like, she's a friend of the podcast. Julene, 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 Julene. Julene's a best friend. Well, the no, they, they all qualify friends. as being part of the great... The bestest ever friends. There we are. The BFF of the BFE. Yeah. Uh, says, uh, didn't like her talk about tea. What about tea? Because she says, ew, tea? never, because we said teabag out, teabag in. Oh, we did talk mm. about tea, yeah. Which no one really got back to me on. Was that on the, that was on the, on the proposal? That was on the proposal. I'm a yeah. teabag out kind of guy. I see. I want to talk to people from Canada in the States who are too used to like people just go ahead and just not give it enough time when they order a tea to go. Mm. And so it's not strong enough. So we always say teabag in. It just sort of seems to have permeated, <laughs> permeated uh, sort of culture. Fair, though, if you go out and like go ask for a takeaway tea here, like you go Costa or Starbucks or whatever, they leave the teabag in then, but like we just take it out once it's brewed enough. In Canada, yeah. we ask. Teabag out, teabag in. That's weird. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Bag out. Uh, bag in. Uh, bag out. I want it to taste not like hot water and milk. Yeah, same. Yeah. Well, they don't even ask us. They just leave it in, and then you take it out when you're ready to take it out. Yeah, okay. Anyway, she says, too much milk. ew, never a tea bag, always loose leaf tea. And we ever, I've, I don't think I've ever I had, had a loose leaf bag, of tea, uh, loose loose leaf tea in my life. Uh, I have loose so leaf fast. tea if I'm, yeah, if I'm, like, a lot of work. Like, if, if I'm like properly going for it, if I'm at home. Because i got like one of the little uh, machines where you can well, the, the let reason- it. Tea leaves yeah, right. worked better back in the day it was because they were overused so many times yeah. that was to infuse them, wasn't it? But nowadays, tea bags are so disposable and, you know, they're so... They're sh- biodegradable yeah, and they're all that you know, stuff. And, uh, uh, tea's if, come a if, long if, way. If you want a regular cup of tea, like you might call it orange pico in the States or breakfast tea or whatever it is here, um, just a, a Yorkshire tea. <laughs> might be the greatest tea ever uh, made. Ah, Tetley tea. Really? I'm Tetley? A, I'm a PG tips kind of guy. See, back all. Oh, okay, so basically, you like. Okay, which one's on sale today? <laughs> <laughs> I like it's that, it's that or, or no. like Typhoo. I like Lady <laughs> Grey. You like what? Lady Grey. Is that like regular tea or is it a f- different flavor of tea? Is that a spin off like, of Earl Grey? It's like Earl Grey, but more. No, no, citrusy. I'm talking about just if you want a bog standard tea, bog cup of tea. Oh, I, I drink yeah, that. When as you a say, bog standard tea. <laughs> but when you say to someone, do you want a cup of tea? That, that regular yeah, 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 tea, yeah, that yeah. default tea, what's the best version thereof? Tetley. Back home, we would say Tetley because it's like the one British Woo. brand that gets that crosses over. Yeah, boy. Tetley or Red, you know why red Rose. It crosses over? Because it's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> it's those cute little cartoon guys with the flat caps yeah, is what it is. That's why the I because of the yeah. monkey yeah. and Johnny Vegas. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> random word last week was squab. Squab. Um, Julene first in the pool, but didn't have a gif. Ian Davies and Hermes had the same gif. So I don't think I can name a gif of the week this week. Mm. Uh, it was a bad word for gift of the whereas week. Dwayne Smith failed the brief by, she said, he said, hey, I put squab in and sent me a thing that said squad. <laughs> and it was, it was it was the women from Bridesmaids, the movie walking down. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't care what you typed in. You've clearly failed the brief. So, Georgia, did you actually think on the spot or did you actually? No, I, I had one. I thought yeah, of it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. See, hang on. I'm hang prepared. on. That's where I always go wrong. Hang on. Georgia, 
I was prepared. If you go back and listen to it, this I is how it went. It. Georgia, random word. Oh, what was that bird? That bird. <laughs> that bird. That, and Everybody I had to go. And I had bird. to go. Oh, squab. I yeah, 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 squab. I thought about what I wanted. I just couldn't remember the name of it. It's like living with that guy from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's right, Dylan McDermott. <laughs> hey, we got to do this. It's we, we've spent probably about eighteen weeks now talking about fantasy football. We need to acknowledge Ellie. Yeah. yeah well done, Ellie. One. Well done. Wow. One. Now. Pete Carroll, if he'd just given the ball to the big beefy running back I had to go in for the last beefy touchdown. Boy. I'm not being funny. <sighs> How well did I do towards the end? You're very well. Yeah, number seven. I've got to sort of let this off a little bit. It's really hard to make a championship final in fantasy play my football. Tiny violin. No, it's really hard to make a championship final. I play in three leagues. I made the final in all three leagues. I lost all of them. <laughs> My heart breaks for you. Hang on. And to be fair, in two of them to women. So fantasy football feminism, right? I got beat by girls and I'm okay with that part. It's just losing yeah. I don't like. <laughs> you don't, you Gender don't. be damned. I just don't like I just don't you, take I don't take losing well. You two like obviously we finished a bit earlier last week because we started earlier as well, but you two missed oh my goodness when it was on. Well, I was beside chair, myself. Absolutely beside himself. It's like, like just tuning on and watching highlights of everything that could go wrong occurring <laughs> in real time. Everything went wrong. And, and was- me watching like just all what... Um, uh, it's, it's like watching one of those movies where the guy loses all his money in the stock market. Yeah, it's like one of those, yeah, yeah. and you're just like, where did it all go? I was like Don Amici at the end of Trading Places, going, turn the machines back on! <laughs> Tell them to play. And I even came back to pass Ellie for yeah. a little bit, and then I watched one line, and went, I'm done. <laughs> I can't come back from I this. I onto the chair and went, ugh. <laughs> and then my guy was like on the one yard line. I'm like, if you just hand it off to the guy. Yeah. Went, oh, let's throw it instead. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and CD Lamb was open. They wouldn't throw it. Oh, I'm oh, so. that was really annoying. I, no one threw to CD Lamb and he was oh, open all of the time. And I was getting frustrated on Ian's behalf on that point. Because I was like, this is just bad gameplay. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody. That's the last you're going to hear about fantasy football until, until this next time year. next year. Yeah, Looking forward to it. Woo. That's the thing. 240 some odd days till we draft. Always got to be looking for the positive. And why do I start off so bad but end quite well? Because you, you don't put any effort in before we start. <laughs> so you end up with this kind of crappy team that you then sort of like make better as the season goes along. See? So if I can make a crappy team better. Well, well, what would happen if you drafted team? well? Oh. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So, but it's thank on, you everybody for uh, for dealing with us there. Uh, let's talk about Rebel Without a Cause, a yeah. 1955 American coming of age drama film about emotionally confused suburban middle class teenagers. The film was a groundbreaking attempt to portray the moral decay of American youth, critique parental style, and explore the differences and conflicts between generations. The title was adopted from psychiatrist Robert M. Lindner's 1944 book Rebel Without a Cause: The Hypnoanalysis of a Criminal Psychopath. The film, however, does not make any references to Lindner's book in any way. Um, who, Liam, your choice. Why did you choose this film, buddy? Okay, as a child, um, I was very influenced by this movie. Um, this felt like a Liam movie. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, James Dean's character in this, Jim, is very much like how I was as a kid. I was a bit rough around the edges. I was not towing the line all the time. But I knew what the right thing was, you know? And he was either a bad dude or a goody two-shoes. There was no one in between. James Dean was in between in this movie. And that's where I saw myself. I saw myself as that outsider. You know, I was never the, the, the guy who was always with the people and the gangs and the, the friends. You know, I had friends, but it wasn't like as a gang of friends, if right. you like. 
Um, so I was always on a peripheral. And I always knew what was right and wrong, and I was steadfast in what's right and wrong, but I was always getting into trouble. How can someone like that, like me, get into trouble? I saw that in Jim, okay. in, the, in the film. So that resonated with me. And from that movie, I became such a steadfast fan of three movies um, of James Dean's work. And uh, that was the first one that really sort of... And then it snowballed with Grease. Okay. And when you watch Grease, there's a lot of parallels. You can tell there's a lot that Grease it was influenced by from this. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of parallels. So, Grease is a safer version of this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But this was, that was the first thing... I mean, I must watch this when I was, what, eight, nine, that sort of age, okay. uh, you know, and uh, that really spoke to me. Okay, the three of us who haven't seen it, <laughs> what did we know about it going in? Absolutely nothing. I knew the red shirt, uh, the, the red coat. Oh, so iconic. That's about it for me. I knew that it was this trademark look. And you know when you see those pictures, when the, like get those nostalgia pictures of like people working on a girder yeah. or those mm-hmm. big group shots and there's always James Dean in the red jacket? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I knew of that, although I thought it was leather. Do you know what I love about this movie? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Do you know what I love about this movie is the fact that it's about teenagers and the coming of age of teenagers, and yet everyone always associates teenagers in the 50s with leather jackets. Yeah. He never once wore a no, leather wasn't, jacket. No, it wasn't leather. Movie. I realized that. once. I knew there was a rebel and he was without a cause. I knew nothing about this film going in other than the title. I've never even seen a James Dean movie before, though. This is the sort nice, of joke It's nice to have went. Ethan back, isn't it? Because usually we would have to read that off a page. And that's the sort of joke that I cut from yeah. Ethan's dialogue. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> also, there was a Mr. Fox, and he was fantastic. I just don't read it. But you know also about this movie, right? There's a lot of strength and vulnerability, and that's what he portrays in this, a lot of strength and vulnerability, because everyone else has to be the steadfast, strong guy mm-hmm. in, the, in the movie, you know, like the, the main, main guy, Buzz. You know, he's like the top guy fighting and doing everything. Yeah, James Dean shows the vulnerable side of things. Okay. Uh, directed by Nicholas Ray, who's also done On Dangerous Ground and King of Kings. Cinematography by Ernest Holler. Uh, I didn't get what he did down correctly. Oh, I couldn't find anything. That was why. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, music by Leonard Roseman, who did Barry Lyndon, Bound for Glory. The Planet of the Apes series, but not like the first one. The later oh, ones? Okay. Oh, Like Return to the Planet of the yeah, Apes yeah, yeah. and Fight for the Planet of the Apes. Return to the Planet of the Apes. Return to the Planet for the Apes. For the Apes, the Planet. Return. Oh, okay. You heard the, That's the, the official title. It's really funny. You're making fun of Ethan's jokes a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Muppets. Muppets. Um, apes. <laughs> um, Muppets Star apes. Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Really? Oh, that's and, not a bad movie. And he did the music for RoboCop 2. Uh, it's full circle. That's All not right. too bad, actually. Um, Warner Brothers had bought the lights to Linder's book that we talked about a minute ago, intended to use the title for the film. Attempts to create a film version in the late 40s eventually ended without a film or even a full script. Marlon Brando did do a five-minute screen test for the studio with a fragment from one of these scripts that had been created. Uh, it didn't go anywhere. It was just a test to see what he could do. He but that's interesting. Old. Well, no, it, it was never supposed to be anything more than just read this. And tr- This was in uh, 1947. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, no, maybe not yeah. then. Brando wasn't auditioning for Rebel Without a Cause, and there was no offer of any part made. They just wanted to kind of say, hey, read, read this. Okay. Uh, the film, as it later appeared, was the result of a totally new script written in the 1950s that had nothing to do with the Brando test. Uh, but you can find that screen test on the special edition DVD of A Streetcar Named Desire, if you're so inclined. That's Great so movie. weird. <laughs> yep. Nicholas Ray claimed he wanted the film to work beyond the juvenile delinquency newspaper headlines and films of the day. Uh, Trying to distance it from uh, films of a time like The Wild One from 1953. Want to ride a mouse sickle? 
You actually know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Mark uh, Brando. Instead, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ray strove for a classical tone and claimed Romeo and Juliet as inspiration, oh. which he called the best play written about juvenile delinquents. You can see that in some of the dialogue. Okay. Bring it up when we get there. I'm yeah. very curious. Uh, the film was in production from March 28th to May 26th, 1955, so less than two months. When it, production first began, it was considered a B-movie project, and Ray began filming using black and white film stock. Mm-hmm. When Jack L. Warner realized James Dean was a rising star on a hot property, filming was instantly switched to color stock, and many scenes had to be reshot in color. Uh, it was shot in the widescreen cinemascope format, and we saw it was using Warner Color. Warner Color. Um, cinemascope had been introduced two years previously. With its densely expressive images, the film has been called a landmark, a quantum leap forward in the artistic and technical evolution of a format, and it was released October 27th, 1955. Yeah. And the film begins with a boy. Making his Almost a man. Laying down on the street with a toy monkey. Is as the credits go, good way to sell. Uh, this um, scene was improvised by James Dean after production had been shooting for nearly twenty four hours straight. He asked Nicholas Ray to roll the camera and that he wanted to try something, and that was the opening scene. Uh, it was part of a, a much larger scene where apparently some toughs were supposed to beat up a father who had the toy, oh, okay. and the toy would then be found by oh. Jim. Oh, okay. For this moment, and they just decided, I guess, the t- tonally it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, maybe a little bit too dark, a little bit too soon. Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. to begin it. Because your first, as opposed to this, where your first shot is a gym, and so we instantly align ourselves to gym, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Uh, obviously, this whole film takes place over 24 hours. Yep. From 3 a.m. to about 3 a.m. Yep. Yep. Meet Jim Stark, played by James Dean. Uh, my, my, my first James Dean film. James yeah, Byron Dean. Everybody else's first James Dean yeah. film? I think so, yeah. Byron or otherwise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Irving Shulman, who adapted Ray's initial film story of a screenplay, had considered changing the name of James Dean's character from Jim Stark to Herman DeVille. Why? Would not have been as good. No, it wouldn't. No. Before the camera rolled, Nicholas Ray went to concerted efforts to get to know James Dean. He visited Dean's New York stomping grounds to get a feel for his life. Ray said, I wanted to find out all about this guy. I ran around with him, met his friends, got drunk a couple times, and we were pretty close to the time we were ready to work. Nicholas Ray, the more I did some research to this, felt an awful lot like, who's the guy who did The Breakfast Club? Oh, um... Hughes. John Hughes. John Hughes. Yeah. Like how John Hughes was like using like um, um, Anthony Michael Hall and um, oh, the uh, Ginger Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Molly, oh, Ringwald. Molly, Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. As like muses, it felt like he was like totally in on sort of I think his, his stars as muses. I think they've done a film about that. Have they? When he follows him around. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, in so recent times, anyway. Was uh, it called James Dean? Because there's one that had like... Um, Oh God! Green Goblin in the first Spider-Man. No, in no, 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 no. That's not. not, that not no. He, he plays a good. He plays him well in that. But no, um, James Franco. Yeah, that was it. Whatever Jimmy was, it says he was a searcher, ever on the lookout for some trick or other he could store up and use. I could see him soaking them up, and I knew uh, he had to play that part because he could do it like no one else I knew. And this film was released October 27th, nearly a month after James Dean dies in a car accident on September 30th. So you got a little bit of Heath Ledger effect, too, where he becomes instantly iconic because it's the last thing he really did. It was the next movie after his death became headlines. he He did another movie. Which was only just finished wrapping. Yeah. And, uh, but Rebel was the next one to be released. Next one to be released. So, so yeah, much two. like Heath Ledger, where he'd done some of Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Yeah. But the next film up was, was Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. it Art Night? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So uh, this was the only film during uh, Dean's lifetime in which he receives top billing. Wow. Yes, he does. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you've got Elizabeth Taylor and um, Rock Hudson in the next one. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, realizing the actor's power to touch youthful audiences, Nicholas Ray gave James Dean free reign to improvise his scenes. The cast often took its cues not from Ray, but from Dean himself, who was 100% in on his method. Because uh, he'd often say to the director, you know, just keep the cameras rolling. I'm just going to do something. Yep. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know. And Doran said, Jimmy did most of the directing. He gave us our lines. He dominated the entire thing. Uh, Dean and Nicholas Ray's working relationship was equally bizarre. Ray often rehearsed with Dean at his Chateau Marmont bungalow and felt the energy between them there so powerful, he actually recreated his own living room on the set to inspire Dean. So the living room that's like in their house is like a facsimile of his own wow. personal living room. I never knew that. It's a bit weird. That isn't is it? weird. Uh, Duran also recalled Jimmy was a strange boy. On the first day, Jim Backus, who plays the father, couldn't believe it. We were watching Jimmy do his scene and someone said, quiet, we're going to shoot now. And they got up speed and were ready for action. Jimmy went down on the floor in the fetal position for the longest time. It mm. seemed like half a can of film. And then Nick said action and Jimmy stood up and went into the scene. We'd never seen anything like this method of doing things. Nick seemed to be mesmerized by Jimmy. Imagine he's in the fetal position. Actually, he just starts acting. be like, I, I don't know what to do with this guy. Because his father, or the guy playing his father, comes from a generation of um, actors that when you watch their acting is different to what is now known as the um, Marlon Brando school of acting. I always think of the, Hoffman in this. You know, the Stella Adler and all that. Because Hoffman does this. If he's supposed to be up for three days straight, he'll be up for three days straight before he does. Well, I think he, I think Hoffman did. Are you do... sure it was Brando? Because I know a story between Brando and Hoffman where I think it's Brando who goes, have you ever tried acting? It's a lot simpler. <laughs> that's that's my Because Hoffman stays up for three days straight. I'm sure it's Brando who goes, have you ever thought of just acting? Oh, maybe. It's, not that, it's never but that Brando deep. was very, um, he comes from the school of method acting. Yeah. And that's what, and he was one of the first to break out from the method acting of Stella Adler and stuff. I'm gonna find out who was that story because I'm in, like, yeah, in New York. it's maybe, a great, maybe, it's a great he, story. Maybe he did. Uh. I mean, <laughs> he got lazy as time went on. Oh, Brand, well, we watched Apocalypse now. <laughs> yeah. uh, James Dean later confessed the film used me up. I can never take so much out of myself again, which sounds like to reason if he's yeah, doing this. Yeah. Uh, and so he's drunk and he can't stand up in the police station, but he wants to keep his toy monkey. And like we're like bam, bam, bam. Here's all the players. But did you notice how he starts laughing? Yeah, and he's giggling because he's touching his feet. You know, sort of checking them out. You know, feeling that. Um, you know, has he got any knives on him or any stuff like oh, that? Okay, yeah. And, and he's giggling. I just thought he was laughing. He was drunk. No, no. Well, he's drunk, but he's giggling yeah. because he's being tickled or pretending to be tickled. Oh, okay. Uh, and then he goes all serious and he goes, "Can I keep the toy?" <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that. I just thought he was playing drunk really well. Yeah. So. Uh, then we move over to Judy, played by Natalie Wood, who's also at the police station. Uh, at first, considered too young for the role of Judy. There's a bit of a hint for the age game. Mm. Uh, even though she was the same age as the character. Oh, she was at least five, oh, I'm gonna stop there. Oh, five years younger than all the other candidates. I'll say that. Uh, according to a biography of Natalie Wood, she almost didn't get the role of Judy because Nicholas Ray thought she didn't fit the role of the wild teen character. While on a night out with friends, she got into a car accident. Upon hearing this, Nicholas Ray rushed to the hospital. While in delirium, Wood overheard the doctor murmuring and calling her a goddamn juvenile delinquent. She instantly yelled to Ray, Did you hear what he called me, Nick? He <laughs> called me a goddamn juvenile delinquent. Now do I get the part? Well, you got to understand with um, Natalie Wood, she was, a, she was a child actress. Oh, was she? And child actresses never really No, you didn't really cross over into cross that, over. no. So this was the perfect opportunity to cross over to mm -hmm. become that, that adult role. 
Dennis Hopper's in this film. He is. He and Natalie Wood had a brief relationship during filming. They did. Yep. So did Natalie Wood and director Nicholas Ray. Yeah, they what? did. Yep. Who was, uh, she was only, uh, oh, I'm sorry that I'm giving this away, but I have to. That's fine. She was only 16 while he was 43 and older than her father. Mm. That's horrifying and also and makes sense with her character. I'm also pretty sure that Hopper had bits cut out of the scenes because of that. My next note says, uh, the arguments Hopper and Ray had over their affairs with Natalie Wood resulted in most of Hopper's lines being cut. Yeah, Because yeah. Nicholas Ray wanted them fired, but his contract with Warner Brothers wouldn't allow it. Yeah, yeah. He then later went to be in um, Giant as well with James Dean. Who, Hopper? Yeah. Oh, okay. Only as a supporting, you know, like, a little bit. And this is where we hear uh, Judy say, he hates me. He hates everything about me. And I'm like, who is this referring? He doesn't like my friends. He called me a dirty tramp. And I'm like, oh, okay, I think I know who this is now. Mm. My own father. Thank you for those of us catching <laughs> up at home. And this is where we meet. Is it Ray, the detective here? Mm. I think, yeah. Ray's great. Ray's great. Yeah. He's great. He's firm but fair. He gets, I'm going to say kids, but I mean teenagers, right? He just yeah, gets yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, do you think he really means that? She goes, yes. No. I don't know. And apparently they were going to catch a double bill. She was going to go with her father to go see a movie. Is that what it was? I think mm-hmm. so. I think. And she comes down in a dress and he like wipes all the lipstick off her face. Although she's got a face full of makeup right now. Yeah. She is. Re- she does. You do see her reapplying it though. Oh, do you? Before okay. she speaks. Yeah. Um, I think she says at one point it thought he was going to take my lips right off. Um, but then in case you're getting caught up in this, hang on a second. Cause Jim's about to mimic the sound of a police car. <laughs> <laughs> he does quite well though. I think that's improvised as well. I think he's just sort of... Oh, I think he's just playing, playing with stuff, yeah. Playing around with stuff. And then we meet Plato, kind of, sort of, but Jim offers his jacket to Plato, and I'm now just realizing how that goes full circle. By I the know, end, right? Yeah. I'll get that. Uh, Salminio. Yeah, well, we're going to get there. Uh, Judy doesn't want... Uh, so she says, they're coming to get you. Your mother I talked to, and she's really upset that she didn't call his father. Uh, sorry, that Ray didn't call his father. Which I'm kind of like, I don't understand the difference there. I said the issue was that She's obviously, she's obviously got issues with, with her father. Yeah. But they all have, haven't they? Yeah, well, of course but, they do. You know, so. But then, so why is it a problem that she called mum? Because we're not introduced to the fact that she's got an issue with mum yet. I think it's to lay the seeds that she, there's something wrong with her and her mum. No, I think just the opposite. I think it just pronounces just how badly the relationship with dad has broken down. And I she, wanted she, a, was, she wanted an, an intermediary to speak to dad. I think she was daddy's little girl. For so long I, I think we clearly see that and yeah. then wasn't and yeah. he's like he's turned on a dime on her and she can't understand that so she's rebelling against him but we don't know this yet i mean so no. you're sort of inferring from what we see a little bit later yeah no but I, but you also feel that anyway <laughs> you are like advocating <laughs> so hard for this movie <laughs> i'm trying so meet the parents and uh, we get dad who i did not think was going to be this kind of character but he's like oh i'm jimmy's best friend yeah, yeah. What's the matter, Jimbo? And mom is a... He's the one who's wearing the trousers. Mom, mom, Mama's a ball breaker. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And all he wants is his father to be a well, figure. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. And so uh, he goes, um, at which point, they're like, we were at some ball. And then Jim goes, everybody was having a ball. And his dad laughs at his joke. And he goes, do you think I'm funny? And I think we kind of went, what am I, a clown? <laughs> Do I make Joe you Pesci. laugh? Yeah, see, Wayne, Joe Pesci. I kind of like want that. Joe Pesci in a red jacket <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> 
How old is Joe Pesci? He'd be too young for this, obviously, but I still kind of want to see this. Um, I want to see Joe Pesci now do the same character. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Meet the Father, played by Jim Backus. Uh, He was also the voice of Mr. Magoo. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, He taught James Dean to do the Mr. Magoo voice, which Dean then used to deliver the line, drown them like puppies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we meet Plato. I guess his name was John. John, thought, yeah. yeah, Plato, played by Salminio. Uh, I picked up on this instantly, but I'm going to let you go ahead and give it, it links to something else you love very much. So why don't you go ahead and share the point? Uh, is during uh, a scene in Greece. There's a bit in the song where it goes um, in the film. Uh, Elvis, Elvis, keep that pelvis far from me. But in the actual, because they changed it um, on the day of shooting because Elvis died on that day. Yeah, which we mentioned in our other podcast of Greece. Yes, it's a it's 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 a great episode. Great, great episode. Um, but originally, the the line was "No, no, no, Salminio." That's what changes too, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's what it was originally in the stage show. Is it no, 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 Salminio? Yeah, yeah. Because I show. hear it in my head like crazy. Oh, okay. No, so no. was it in the stage show? Yeah, yeah. The stage okay. Shows. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Salminio, so named after who I thought looks. This kid's a ringer for Ralph Macchio, isn't he? Yeah. Oh my word! I yeah. was oh, like, sure. where's a face to Where it. is Mr. Miyagi? Because this guy <laughs> looks just like him. Yeah, just thirty years difference. Yeah, uh, not not Cobra Kai era Ralph Macchio, <laughs> but, but nineteen eighty five Karate Kid, nineteen eighty four era yeah. Karate Kid. Um, and so um, James Dean initially uh, petitioned for his friend Jack Simmons for the part of Plato. Uh, obviously didn't get it. And then by the time it was done, uh, James Dean, Natalie Wood, Nick Adams, I don't know which one Nick Adams is, and Sal Minio were an inseparable foursome while filming. Nick Adams. Um, Could he have played? Was he? The, was, was I will check. Yeah, if you want to find out who that was, is Nick he, Adams. Is he the one who played Buzz? No, uh, Buzz was... Uh, someone else <laughs> okay there are too many names that's true if it wasn't him it probably was played by someone else yeah, yeah. chick uh as as he was played chick yeah sure i think chick was the is he the one who takes over afterwards that's I not th- chick no chick no. is like the the blonde one. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh kind of like the guy who sits behind hopper yeah yeah, yeah, yeah in the yeah, car yeah 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 uh as revealed by informant sources to vanity fair in 2005 director nicholas ray also had an affair with salminio <laughs> Well, he went on later to say that he had an affair with James Dean. Who, Salminio? Salminio, yeah. yeah. There we go. There we are. Um, so much going on right now. Although the Hayes Code, we talked about the Hayes Code a lot in Something Like It Hot, for instance, yeah, yeah. right about what the rules, was very much in force and forbade any mention of homosexuality. Uh, it's quite clear that there are references to Plato being gay and attracted to Jim. Oh, I was gonna bring that one uh, if you if you look at the though. pinup photo on the locker we'll find later on mm-hmm. and plato looks adoringly at jim throughout mm-hmm. um even the idea of his name plato after the classical greek philosopher plato who people generally agree was gay <laughs> um so in in sort of getting ready for later scenes james dean said to salminio look at me the way i look at natalie yeah mirror that so uh, apparently Plato shot some puppies with his mother's gun. Yeah, that was a, a fact that intro. we forget way too quickly. Oh, in this I didn't. Oh. I was like, this dude shot puppies. Why are we friends with him? Like, yeah. When, he, when um, James Dean does the draw them like puppies, I was like, are they, are they bringing that back? Are they going to bring that back? I never mentioned it again. Yeah. Um, and we find out the parents aren't together. Dad's God knows where. Mom is off doing something. And he's left with, I guess, a nanny, for a lack nanny. of a better yeah. word. Yeah. A carer, if nothing yeah. else. 
and we find out look he's it's even his birthday and he's been left alone so you know abandonment is going to be this character's theme in this movie yeah, of course <laughs> Um, still at the police station, uh, dad doesn't see the issue with, you know, so we had a drink. Meanwhile, Jim is singing Flight of the Valkyries. <laughs> Do you know what I love about this opening scene, though? They keep going around in a triangle and, and how you meet all the first yep. characters. Yeah. It's a long scene. As uh, well. Ray wants to take him into the office, so he does. And then Jim, out of nowhere, tries to punch him. Yeah. <laughs> Because that would get him put in juvie, but Ray's wise to it. He goes, I know why he did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, you want to punch someone here? Punch my desk. At which point, he takes he, a moment, feels the desk, and then goes to town yeah, on he it. He does, yeah. Um, there's some melodramatic music as this is occurring. <laughs> like, I know it's classic Hollywood, but I was oh, like, I okay. You've got to remember, this is the changeover era where, you know, you had old school Hollywood now going into this new gritty Hollywood. So, you know, you're still going to have remnants of past hollywood um and so we find out um oh i have a note here where did it go i can't find it but let basically let's just say that he actually does damage his hand as part of this oh. he has to wear a cast for like a week you can see that when he hits it he kind of cradles his hand yeah you're like is, is he is he just that good of an actor is he, i think it's a bit of both yeah. Uh, yeah because he actually does and you know i'll say this much uh it doesn't happen as much as it used to when I first started teaching, kids were punching walls all over the place. They still do. There was a kid who once punched a wall like really close to my head. Ooh. And I kind of went, I went, you all right? And I don't know if I'd be as cool about it now. I'm a bit, <laughs> I'm a bit older. But I was like, are you all right? And he was like, yeah, aren't you mad? I was like, there's no, there'll, be, there'll be time for that. How's your hand? And he goes, oh, why is it? I've never, you know, the wall always wins. When you punch <laughs> a wall, does. the wall's undefeated. Why Younger you, you would have been very good at the job I'm currently in. Yeah, I don't think I, I current you not. would be. <laughs> there's like I've a aged meme now about the whole thing of like guys who punch the wall so hard there's like a hole. And it's like their, their crowning achievement of masculinity. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the walls at my place would work were pretty solid. Like, you weren't, like, it was like brick. You're not going to punch your way through that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, drywall, houses. drywall. Like, like, yeah, in some yeah. North American houses, you can punch a <laughs> hole in a wall because it's yeah. drywall. Over here, you're building brick. It's just not, it's just not <laughs> happening. Yeah, Our kids, brick. it's very much like, you're going to punch me? Yeah, go on then, because it's not going to fix anything. And then they kind of look at you like, oh, maybe I don't need to punch something. But yeah. So, um,. Then they come back out, and Dad's doing some exposition, and he's like, uh, oh, hang on, have I, have I jumped here? Oh, I jumped. That was the problem. There's a bit earlier where Dad does some exposition. Well, we, we, we just moved here. That's the problem. Like, who's, who's Jim getting drunk with last night? that night, by the way? Is he just getting tanked by himself? I guess. Oh, I think so, yeah. Where do you get the alcohol? Uh, don't ask. Okay. Um, he's like, Dad's like, don't I buy you everything? And I'm like, okay, I get what you're doing here. This is a bit simplistic, like these sort of character development through just individual questions. I buy you stuff. Later, he's going to go, have I ever stopped you from doing anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is where you get, and I want to make sure I come back for this, because we get mom and, he goes, you're tearing me yeah, apart. And then we cut to a two shot of his parents and they both look very big and they're filling the frame, but there's still someone between them. As you look behind them, there's, there's, I don't know if it was the grandmother or someone else is behind them who never really comes back after the first 15 minutes of this film. I forgot if she was, she was in it. (laughs) Yeah. But there's so, as you can see, although they're, they're both big and forceful, they're not the same page because we literally see someone's come between them. So that was a good bit of cinematography. I'll give it that. There's a lot of good cinematography in this. Uh, for its time you think 1955 well i teach rear windows so you know i, I i'm familiar with stuff of the time uh, okay yeah okay. 
Um, and then we get uh, one. Oh, Some like it hot. That was about the same time too, wasn't it? Although he wasn't. Billy Wilder's known for not being ambitious with his cinematography. Because yeah. um, that's 1959. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this is where the police chief takes him aside. Um, and then find out, well, why'd you punch a guy in the place you lived before? And we find out he called me chicken. Which at this Nobody point we went, deaf. yeah, I kind of felt, oh, okay, back to the future. I can see where this yeah, has come yeah. from. And you can see a lot of Marty McFly coming out of James yeah. Dean. You can, yeah. Because he's-, he's not really a fighter, although he has to appear tough and can never lose his cred. Yeah. And don't call me chicken. Now, they go to a much more playful place with it. Mm-hmm. But it was something that I, I picked up on the on the reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's why it's an influential film. Yep. It says his parents think I'll make friends if we keep moving, which I guess we, we didn't really get a whole lot because they, I guess they move a lot. Yeah, because they even say a bit later during an argument too, like, oh, we need to move now. He does wish his dad would hit his mum just once. I think, it, yeah, don't take it too much into too much context. I think problem is... I think he's being legitimate. Well, I, don't, yeah. I don't think he is saying that legitimately to hit her. I think he's, what he's saying is stand up to her. If, if I may, like... The Honeymooners, one of these times, Alice, wham, bam, to the moon, right? Are you familiar, um, are you familiar with the Honeymooners? Yeah. Like, no. Oh, yeah, but okay, so that's, it was just a metaphor for I'm going to hit you. Oh, okay. So this idea about men actually laying down the law at home by being a bit a bit rough. I know they kind of did back in the day. There is. So, I, no, no, I, I don't judge it. I'm not sitting here going, it's a t- we, therefore we need to cancel. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that because I, oh, okay. I realize it's of its time. I think he's being literal. As a child, I didn't take that as literal. Because let's be honest, dad is very effeminized in this oh, film. Yeah, very so the idea is the, they're backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he goes, I wish I could just have one day where I wasn't so confused all the time. It's not this day, kid. Um, you say one thing, you say another. <laughs> Ray invites him in to talk and says, hey, it was easier to deal with dealing with your parents. And Ray's good. I really like Ray. I like Ray. Dad then tries to bribe the chief. What do he have? Cigarettes? Or what do he have? Yeah, Cuban cigars. cigars. Yeah. Oh, Cuban cigars. Yeah, stogies. And then mom's yelling at him and it's like, okay, this is what you guys are. Oh, this is it. Yeah, he had to wear an elastic bandage for a week as a result of punching the desk so much. <laughs> the next day, Jim comes down to school, and he's in a full suit. Yeah. Yep. Wow. We thought it's the first day at school. Mom is constantly shot with a low angle in she this is. scene. When she's making food, it's low angle, so she's big and oppressive and intimidating and not what you would expect. Therefore. No, no, no. But they do this. They do this quite a lot in this movie, where they do different angles and turns, and to get a certain feel for it. Yeah, some of it I didn't really like that much. <laughs> I did as a child. I thought that was, that was weird because kind of, it's because it's unique, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this. This one saw oh, what was the one we saw? Um, what's the one with fifty eggs? Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, yeah. And they went, hold my beer. <laughs> um what was the marvel was it loki they kept doing the 360 yeah, yeah. i was going crazy now, be fair, i hated it with loki <laughs> i don't mind if they do it once at least yeah. you're consistent yeah i am i yeah, am whether yeah, yeah. it's brand 2021 or, or 1955 oh, yeah <laughs> not a fan of it um lunch is very infantilizing Goes, do you have sandwiches? And it's weird to think of the sandwich as this like modern thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I have meatloaf and and, and, and apple cake and peanut butter. And <laughs> even the grandma's like peanut butter. Like it's so it's so juvenile what he's being offered. So yeah, he walks yeah. out without a any. Thermos of orange juice. Thermos of orange really juice. Weird, <laughs> weird thing. 
Um, and so um, Jim goes out and he's trying to make the best of it. I think we'll stay here a while because it's what his parents want to hear. Yeah, he's trying. He said that because he's just seen the girl, though. True, true. Out the window, he's seen Judy for the first yeah. time. Um, and we cut to Judy outside, and she's lighting up a cigarette. And Jim jumps over the fence to say hi, which is which felt very out of character for everything else I would see before and after this part in the movie. Yeah, yep. again, most I think energetic that was thing we see him do. Ad libbed. He was ad libbed. Might be. I'm pretty sure I would be. Um, and so he comes out from behind the fence, and the tie's already gone. Yeah, and he's sort of shedding this persona of who he's supposed to be for who he kind of wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he then, emer- uh, he offers Judy a lift, uh, cause she kind of, I don't know if she's making fun of him or she's legitimate. You, you want to, you want to carry my books? I think she's making yeah. fun of him. Okay. Cause she would line up for the next thing. Yeah. She's yeah. with Buzz at the moment. Isn't she? And she goes, all right, she's going to go, she, but I go with the kids and, uh, she says, I bet you're a real yo-yo. Says her. And then, like, he, like, moves, she moves away, and he's like, I love you, too? Yeah. yeah I think that's him being sarcastic. It's being sarcastic. Oh, is it? Yeah, I thought yeah, it was yeah. him being like, I'm already smitten. No, 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 no. it's no, him because no. she's just insulted him. He's oh, like, I love okay. you, too. Because yeah, yeah. I don't think she could hear him. I think it's like an under your breath thing, which you can still be like, you're a jerk. You can still do that. Okay, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think she did hear him, but. I don't think it's literal at all. No. And I wrote my, in my notes, she then gets in the car with the touring cast of Greece. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like, it's really weird because Greece comes way later, but it's like, what's a really bad example of the Greasers? It's, it's this lot, isn't it? One of them looked like the guy who played Sonny just younger. Yeah, exactly. He, he never shed And he was role. like, he was like 40, like the guy who plays Sonny in Greece yeah. is like 40 anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, but it, it, it was this car of it, like, I don't know when it came around the corner, but there's no way the number of people they shot around the car were in the, I guess, like a clown it car. It was a clown car. It was, oh, it was ridiculous. Car. People kept going in as well. Oh, jeez. Um, and then James Dean comes out with his car. Uh, his 1949 Mercury two-door sedan is part of the permanent collection at the National Automobile Museum in Reno, Nevada. Oh, that's um, a nice car. So when we take BFE on tour. <laughs> we we go to Reno, baby! Uh, the, uh, we will be in Vegas, I'm sure. We're just taking a little drive up to reno oh, the biggest they, little city in the world the bonnie and clyde cars in uh, the death car is at um, reno as well. the two cars then yeah because we tried to find the bus from uh oh we did from to bus. serve of love we did didn't we yeah. and it was it had been moved at the time uh, yeah, yeah. My, my research was, was about a year out of date that was close to us wasn't it that wasn't i was like out barry sedemon's way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was definitely worth off. yeah lowest off that was definitely worth like a a day trip i think we should go anyway <laughs> if there's something there, it's just a transportation museum. I mean, yeah, I know, but still I should, do you have any famous cars? <laughs> do you have any cars from films? Yeah, any cars from do films, they buses have Herbie? From films? That's all I care about. <sighs> Herbie? Yeah. Sure, I guess. <laughs> broom. If they've got broom, I'm going. Oh, Herbie. Yeah. Herbie, Herbie, 53 of Herbie is the thermos full of orange juice of vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> he is, isn't he? Um, With a leak. And so we go to Dawson High School, and everyone's silent for the raising of the flag. You notice that? Is Dawson High School the one out Back to the Future, though? Is that reused? I don't think it is. I didn't see anything in my research that suggested that. Oh, okay. Um, It just seemed a bit odd. I think maybe Dawson High School might be be the inspiration for whatever they did with the high school. But yeah. Uh, and he and Jim gets in trouble for stepping on the school insignia. And man, it's easy to make enemies in this school. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's a great shot. I'll give you this. I think I'm, I'm picking up on some more cinematography as you go along. It's just the feet mm-hmm. as he's just trying to go to school and trying to stay out of trouble. And then it pans up. And you get the idea that Jim is trying really hard to just not cause waves. Yeah, yeah. And circumstances just aren't letting him get away with it. 
No, because he's a new kid, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Plato sees Jim, and he's got his locker open, and the score is very romantic when Plato <laughs> sees Jim. <laughs> And then we go to the observatory, because what else you can do on your first day? And apparently you can drive yourself to the conservatory. Do you know, when I went, observatory, to, when I went to America and I went to the Griffiths Park Observatory, which is what it's called, um, I, I stood there, I'm not kidding you, I've seen this film that many times as a kid, I stood there and I felt like I'd been here before. Yeah. And I'd never been there. Is this the same observatory as in La La Land? The new dance yeah, this is yeah, all yeah, California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. La La Land is that, we started, talked about it with Danny and Drew, it's this love letter to old to old old hollywood oh it's great though and yeah. and to know because they show you all around it to go and you know it so well in the film yep. i was going down these like side bits going i know this i know this. okay things have changed a little bit but you know it's incredible um we go to this everyone's making jokes about the presentation at the planetarium mm-hmm. and it's one of these things i always believe it when you start especially a job as well you kind of got to earn your keep before you start making jokes. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? You keep your head down for a bit and yeah. then you Get start slowly trying to ingratiate the same yourself. Way you play Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just about sort of earning that. Whenever someone crack a joke too early, you know, always kind of look at them like, yeah, I've been here long enough to really make that joke. Now, that doesn't happen in teaching. We're not like, oh, new teacher. <laughs> but I remember working in the factory, it was kind of that, that, view, that viewpoint because it was kind of like a camaraderie amongst the guys on the line. And if you're new, you just kind of keep your head down. You make some little small talk, and eventually, you know, you hope you get accepted by by the pack, basically. And you can have the in jokes, and then then you can be in on the jokes. Yeah, and all. Yeah, yeah. But if the, too early, you're like, no, 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 you got you got to earn that. You do. You do. You gotta, Very try hardy. If you're like, hey, hey, guys, welcome. Gonna make. So some I do think Riffin, there's some irony uh, in Ethan saying this. Yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am aware, George. I don't think Ethan does this when yeah. he's when he's brand new to a place, though. No. Um, it's the one thing where I go, Jim. Put. I understand why he does it, but jim does put a foot wrong here oh yeah socially um and so uh we get this idea about a burst of gas and fire and plato's like like hiding like it's all red now granted i mean like think about how much more limited your media experience is at this point the 50s like most people aren't even having televisions yet no and this stuff's in color yeah and talk about the end of the world so i get the idea that someone could be yeah it's all around it's all around I get the idea that it would be like really, really shocking, but I'm still like, wow. Even when it's over, he's still hiding there. And 55, you're still like, um, what, 10 years after the war, aren't you? So you're still, I think that was 53 for us over here when Rashnan finished. So oh, really? it's not that far behind that, is it? No. Plus, this is probably the point where America is like heavily religious in the idea of like sort of the fear of God as well. So it's 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 more. I love you say that. Like America's still not. No, but like, but like to the it, it, a good half of America yeah. still very much. If I yes, can, but the we, majority of America at the time. The Cold War starting to ramp up. Oh, we yeah. know nuclear war is a thing. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of that, yeah. and we know that's going to be in the future in the next mm. five, six, seven, eight years. Bay of Pigs is to come. All sorts of stuff, right? Well, so. there's that song, isn't there? Eve of Destruction by Barry Maguire about Red Button and stuff. And I do love that song. It's this great song. <laughs> oh, that's it in is, my head. No, 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 I do. Oh, do you? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eve of Destruction. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great. And I said. Blood coagulating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I do like the song. Yeah. The chorus starts off really same. And, and, oh, it's brilliant. And I said, hey, I forget how it goes, but you can always yeah, get back yeah. to the Eve of Destruction. I bought it. It's on my phone. 
I oh, have you? you? I do. Oh, it's so I'm going to look up at some point. When someone starts talking, I'm going to go ahead and look that up. so good. Um, where are we at here? Plato's freaking out. The greasers are outside talking strategy, and they do something about Moo. They call him Moo. Um, Jim wants to avoid trouble, but the greasers have found his car, and Buzz takes a switchblade and gives him a flat white wall tires. Oh, oh. white wall tires. And, and Judy's kind of just sitting on the car, too, kind of making She's a, sort of egging him on a little bit. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and says, at which point then Jim has had enough now with the car and he comes down and goes, you know something you've read, you read too many comic books. I don't know what that means. You're too- is he supposed to think he's some sort of like superhero? I don't know. Is it the idea of maybe he's the comic book idea of what a thug looks like? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. 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 I wonder like, if it, cause there's that thing where like, if you read comic books, you're sort of illiterate cause it's just pages it's some really weird you're real stupid i think of the 1950s no i think, think of the 1950s no. this is your main source of like oh, like like you can't go to the movies because yeah, they're, yeah. they're very few and far between i think it's this is your form of entertainment yeah like it's a time before tv yeah I so it's a radio and it's yeah. comic books in it yeah. you read too many books yeah um and so they call him chicken and he goes you shouldn't call me that and then he calls out judy individually he doesn't get upset but he calls and goes how about you you always at ringside and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Jim doesn't want any trouble. He says it about five times. Uh, but Buzz keeps trying to give him a knife. And they're going to play a game of not stabby, stabby, but slicey, slicey. But I can see with Buzz, he's not really into it either. Um, he's egged on by the rest to do it. I think Buzz gets the... Uh, he's a leader. He's clearly the leader of the group. But he has to keep up the bravado, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and they've already established... I think it's the same conversation we'll find later where it's like, what if you do something you didn't you knew was wrong, but it's for honor. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. once they've started, he can't get out of this. Exactly. Yeah. But he does I think he gets the idea of consequences. He's like, We're not stabbing. Yeah. We're not sticking anybody. We're just we're just giving a little slicey, bit of slicey slicey. slicey. <laughs> nicey, nicey, slicey, slicey. <laughs> and so there's a knife fight. Uh Jim eventually gets the upper hand, but man, he takes like a bunch of them. He does. A bunch of cuts first. He does. And the blood looks so real. <laughs> ketchup real <laughs> and then uh he's asked are you satisfied which did feel very romeo and juliet that yeah. line yeah. you know be satisfied he gets it and then lets mercutio go right same idea here and apparently not now it's like no no you're on the part two of the hazing the chicky run yeah the chicky run uh for the knife fight they use real switchblades oh Protected themselves by wearing chainmail under their vests. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. James Dean got angry once when Nicholas Ray stopped the fight scene because he noticed Dean had been cut on the ear and was bleeding. And Dean said, don't you ever cut a scene while I'm having a real moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, the decision to shoot the film in color meant less pay for extras. And that's why there were so few of them in the knife fight scene. Oh, there we are. Uh, then. Yeah. Um, the switchblade used was offered at auction and uh, ended up taking home $12,000. Wow. Ooh. I think if I had money, if I had that money to throw away. You would renew. That's a movie prop. 12 grand? That's a good deal. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a From lot From an iconic more. movie. Yeah. I thought, From an I thought, iconic scene. I thought it would go, like if you told me $30,000, $40,000, I'd go, yeah, it makes sense. If someone yeah, offers, if someone offers it's you. It's not a jacket, but you can say that's the knife that he used. Yeah. And yeah. James Dean And you always well. think about the knife fight, don't you? Well, I do. Well, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll see this film more than most <laughs> I, I will say, I felt this film was structured very strangely in the idea that this is a really, really big moment and it happens really, really early in the film. Yeah. And it's never really it up again. It doesn't really build to any... Like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's just a plot point to what I think is a less... It has more impact, but a less interesting scene, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is the chicky run. Yeah, yeah. 
I felt this should have been your big climax, but it's building some sort of weird honor amongst because there's the relationship between Buzz and Jim is really, really interesting. Because they're starting to admire each other and like each other. A little bit. George, yeah. what's your thought on the whole scene here? Um I just I I just don't get it, I don't think, because it's not how I would ever react in a situation. I think so like Liam says about this film is it's like he saw himself very much in the character and because I'm so disassociated from the whole thing, I'm a bit like I don't get it. Okay. Like I knife like like I said, knives aren't. I I, I think because I work with knives as well in a proper capacity. Like we literally teach kids, like you do not swing at each other. You do not do even if you're playing, because one slice can kill someone if it's in the right place. I would so, never have a knife fight. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a, I guess important for our, uh, maybe American listeners and maybe Canadian listeners, if you're not from the, from the UK to go mm-hmm. like like having a knife on you. Like you don't have the uh, switch blade. Switch blades are illegal. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, so. yeah. But the idea of it in many places in Canada and the U.S., you could have a knife. Yeah. You could have a Swiss Army knife. You could have some sort of blade on you. That would be okay. Here, it's a much different kettle of fish. Yeah. We have to know have how to knife, be. Can you? you can have Over a pen here. knife, but you have to have reason to have it. You can't just walk into Tesco's with a pen knife in your pocket. You can be arrested for that. Oh, really? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have to have reason to be carrying it. Yeah. And but then me and Ian come from a generation where. You know, people would buy you a pen knife for your birthday. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I was um, never that kid. I was, you know. It's really weird. I, I never was that from kid. Our generation. So that, the, there's a conversation was... at the end I kind of want to have about, you know, what does it mean to be in that in between era and all that stuff. But mm. yeah. So, no, I, I have several. I have several knives. I have my own um, pocket knife. I have a Leatherman. I have several different things because I use them at work. But like the idea that, and we're taught that if we ever stop by police with like our bushcraft bag on our back and you're asked, do you have any weapons on you? It's no, but I do have a bladed tool. It's very yeah. different because they will just arrest you first here, no yeah. matter the size of the knife, no matter the intention. So we go from that to back home and dad's in a yellow apron and his <laughs> drop dinner. Like, you talk about this idea about bravado and having to man up, and then yeah. you come in, and dad looks like, and I'm using, I'm kind of using what they want me to go with here, the biggest girl. Yeah. Because that's what they want me to believe well, in 1955 when yeah, this yeah, is out. Yeah, yeah. Dad is acting like a woman. And and, and, and Jim is and like, so dis- frowned upon Jim well is disgusted yeah, 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 by yeah. his dad here. And, he, and dad's like, I gotta clean this up before your mom sees. He's like, what's the big deal if mom sees? And yeah. he really wants his dad to be the man of the house yeah. and someone that he can look up to look up to and maybe emulate emulate and actually have those conversations he wants to have with his dad but his dad can't have because his dad's just a people pleaser yeah yeah so um then we cut to judy's home and uh they sit down for dinner and she goes to kiss her dad and he won't kiss her this was weird um okay why this is really uncomfortable for me for the fact that it's like it's almost as if she's like jealous of her mom like the way that she shows the adoration of her dad is very it's as if like she she was she wanted to be her mom oh i don't think it's some sort of reverse oedipal complex thing no it felt like that at points i think reactions i think let me let me pitch a different thing here i think it's a girl who despite the fact that she's growing up and yes she's going to go out with makeup and she's going to still seeking his approval she's she's going to be sexual in some capacity whatever that whatever that means mm-hmm. i think she's still and that, that's not replacing who she is she still wants to see her dad and still be able to do to have that fatherly daughterly thing 
Mm-hmm. And he's going, no, you're either one or the other. And I think she's going, can't I be both? Can't I still love my dad and want to kiss my dad? Yeah. In a way that's totally innocent and, 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 and pure and all those things and isn't tainted. Yeah. That's my reading of it. Yeah. yeah and he won't, he won't let her have that. He won't because he only does. sees her since the, 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 the makeup. And she's in her head. He only sees me as this damaged sexual, yada, yada, dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does that by, even when she was kissing on the, che- not the lips, the cheek. Mm. He then pulls away and slaps her. Yeah, like what she's doing is inappropriate. What's wrong with that? Yeah. It's, I think it's it, the reading, probably at least the reading I got from it, is that he can't handle that because he can't cope with the fact that he sees her not as his child anymore. No, exactly, yeah. and that's the thing with this film. It's about these 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 teenagers who were in that flux where you're not, as Brittany would have said, you're not quite a girl, not yet a woman. <laughs> yeah, you're in this middle part. But then, how do they see themselves, and how do other people see you? How do your parents see you, and how do you see yourself, and how do you see your parents in return? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's my reading of it. No, buddy. I, I get that. I think it's for me. It was more less. It's, it's also the reaction to the mum. It's so as if she has like anger directly at the mum because she gets the attention. I think she's looking to her mum to be her advocate and go, am I crazy here? Mm. And then what do we go to? We go to Junior with his gun and mum knows what to do with that. Get your toy away from the table. Yeah. That's really simple and compartmentalized and we know what that is. Yeah. That's my reading. But if you're out there, point. let me know what you think. Yeah. Um. Let's take a look here. Oh yeah, he slaps her. I mentioned that. We go back to Jim's, and, and Jim wants to talk to his dad and goes, suppose she's going to do this dangerous thing, but it was a matter of honor. What would you do? And dad's like, well, I wouldn't make a hasty decision. He's like, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have a time for that. I need to know. Yeah. What would you do? What would you do? Yeah. Uh, dad's, dad finally sees Jimbo is bleeding, um, and by that I mean he's got a couple of like pink Kool-Aid <laughs> stains on his T-shirt. <laughs> and oh, he goes, whatever. He goes, Jim, did I ever stop you from doing anything? He's like, I need an answer to this question. Yeah, Because it's something it. I'm going through. He's looking for him to tell him, no, don't do it. And he won't because he won't stand up and make one. He's a fence-sitter. He won't say one thing before yeah. he wants anyone else to make the decision for him. But he's doing all these cliches, right? Ten years from now. Ten years! <laughs> which is something that we do say to a lot of people. Like, when you get out of here, you're going to love whatever the next step is. And it's like, but what? And you look back at these are the greatest. That's the greatest lie. You look back at these are the greatest years of your yeah. life. People said to me when I was in high school all the time, my best years of my life were well after high school. <laughs> same. Well after high school. Same, same. Oh, yeah. If you're listening and you happen to be like a younger listener uh, who is still in that fuck high school I think oh, to be fair to be fair to be fair to be fair I think that old adage of the best years of your life yeah. are in reference to American high school age yeah. oh, so it might okay. be more compatible to when people went to college in yeah the UK. sixth form was better for me but still like seeing oh when Just I was in university yeah because yeah. think about those so when you hear those things it's usually people who are in the upper teen years they've got cars for the first time they've got money and relationships for the first time not huge amounts of either of these things but it's their first chance sort of figure out who they are as people someone told me the other day the standard age for leaving school now is 18 is that right it has been it, since i was at school yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you 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 have to do college or or oh, sex form you do or an apprenticeship you, 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 you can't just bail at 16 yeah. and that's it you're I done i had no idea no for the most part like like 90 percent of if not more have to kind of go into one of those streams now yeah oh, okay. here in the uk yeah, 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 yeah there you go that blew my mind um and then jim storms out of the house but not before he grabbed his red jacket the iconic red jacket jim stark was originally supposed to be more of a nerd wearing a brown jacket and glasses however when the decision was made to go in color uh ray as well as his costumier uh said they wanted james dean to wear red 
the jacket worn was obtained by American avant-garde filmmaker Kenneth Anger in the 1960s and then sent to the museum collection in Paris of the French Cinématique, which had been helpful in showing and promoting his own work. But in 1972, the jacket was stolen. And as far as I know, never found. Ethan, you're probably the best person to ask this question. I thought you were about to accuse me of stealing it. (laughs) Where were you? No. No. You ever watched Futurama? Yeah. It's very Fry, isn't it? Well, I think Fry is very James Dean. No, but yeah. I, I said the same. <laughs> so the second time yeah, you've done yeah, this like, today. He's got a very Chris Pine vibe. So he just looks like him and Chris Pine looks more like It's him, obvious, but, yeah. yeah. I, well, the minute I saw that, I went, oh, of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Because you ever seen Futurama, which is like the same. It's another series with the guy who did The Simpsons. Is that the one with the lady from uh, Married with Children? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah, set, in the, well, fu- set in the future, ergo it's, Futurama. Yeah, it's not. It's, I think you either love it or you don't. You don't really like. You don't really yeah, care. I never there's no, really there's no middle ground on Futurama. I, never really I, really I love it, which is the thing. That's but the again, thing. I think I grew up with that more than The Simpsons because it's very two thousands. All right. Yeah. All right. It's Futurama. <laughs> um, oh, said the wrong thing. <laughs> t-shirt sales soared after James Dean wore one in this film. Like, I did not think that. of a T-shirt as being this thing that hadn't always been part of like fashion. Well, yeah, because it's, it's strange, isn't it? But then again, you're going from again this early age of teenagers. Yeah, where do you fit in, and what do you wear? Yeah. What do you do? Because you're a boy, and then you're a man, so you'd wear a suit. You'd wear. That's why you see James Dean go to school in a suit. And a T-shirt would have been your undergarment. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the idea now that now it's outerwear. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird to think this is like the birth of kind of that time frame. And we wear t-shirts willy-nilly, like that's a, yeah. a normal everyday. So that's the thing, was I, I never sat down and thought to myself, when did t-shirts become a thing? Yeah. So, really interesting. Uh, then we go to the Chicky Run, and Plato is there, and he hitched to get there. Uh, which Don't you, think too much about that either. Can you believe anything Plato says in this movie? No. 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 Uh, Buzz uh, grabs Jim and says, let's see what we're driving. Because apparently the cars were stolen. I didn't get this at first. Yeah, because they're doing cheeky runs. They're not going to use their own cars. Well, I, was, I was sitting going, where do they get these cars from? Well, they, they... He does say at, like, at the end of the knife fight to his cronies, he goes, go get us some cars or something like that. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, like in but Greece, that when in... they go and steal hubcaps and stuff, don't they? <laughs> Just a hubcap in a car. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I know, but, but it's the same principle. Yep. And they walk, and there's a weird code of honor and respect, and he even goes, Buzz even goes, like, I like you. You know what I mean? I'm starting yeah, yeah. to like you. You're all right. And he even says to him, try the car, try the door, make sure you know. We well, yeah, have to, yeah. You know, and It's interesting. So I was like, why does he like, what's, what's with wacky Jim rolling out of the car? And it wasn't until later I went, oh, because he's practicing getting out of it. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, but I just thought he was weird. But neither <laughs> of them think that one of them is going to die. Well, why would you? Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, Judy wants to know, uh, in a cutaway, if Plato is friends with Jim. And Plato says, yeah, we're best friends. And he has these fantasies about hunting and fishing, and like his real friends call him Jamie. And I'm like, that's rubbish. What? No. Plato was weird. Plato was a step too far for me for he large portions of this movie. too much. Yeah, like he's living in a world where you're like, I don't know how much of what's going on you're really clicking into here, Plato. Yeah. For me, Plato read as un diagnosed unlooked after severe autism yeah okay. i was because it, it's that the, the obsession the, over things yeah. the, and those sorts of things the way he reacts to things the way yeah. he reacts to the light at the end all sorts of different sensory things i was like yeah that, that's how that read red <laughs> 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 uh 
Um, and so they go right up to the edge and they take a look. And this is where Buzz again admits they like Jim. They share a cigarette. And he goes, look, so he goes. Well, he says he shares. He takes it off. He him. takes it. And then he, <laughs> but he gives it back. He does. He does. He does. And he goes, so, so why do this? And the response is, you know, you got to well, do something, don't yeah. you? And it's like, okay, I, I get the idea there's nothing for kids that age to do. This feels like it's a strange, well, there's nothing else to do, so we thought, why not, you know, drive cars, that, steal cars and drive them to the very edge? Just do a drag race instead. Like, you're not going to actually kill each other. No. Um, Crunch is told to line them up. And Crunch is going to become a very important character in this film as we as we go on. We find out first one to bail is a chicken. Uh, Judy's going to give the signs. And then um, Buzz asks for some dirt. She gives him some dirt, which he puts on his hands. I guess he doesn't get too sweaty and lose control yeah. of the, yeah, that's of how the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she kisses him like five times. On and I'm chin, like. On his nose, on his well, forehead. I'm going for a girl who's accused of going out and being a tramp. The idea is she needs affection. And she can't get affection from her father. So what you're doing is you're going to get affection however you can do it. And so we see the kiss, which was loaded earlier, yeah. now presented here. And that at least someone can give me some affection because from a male perspective. So yeah. this is your typical like archetype of the girl with daddy issues. Oh, that is yeah, literally yeah, what yeah. she is. Yeah. yeah. But in a time before, that was a known thing. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and so uh, Jim says, I want some dirt too. Which I guess is foreshadowing the shift of yeah. Judy throughout the film. Yeah. Oh, it's literally him going, kiss me as well. I'm going to plant the idea of kissing, yeah. but we're not going to do it. But yeah. I'm going to plant the idea. And they start, and this is where Ethan goes, oh, James Dean kind of looks like Chris Pine. <laughs> and we went uh, other way yeah, around. Other way around, yeah. yeah. Uh, Plato is crossing his fingers. Uh, James Dean bails. Buzz doesn't, and we go, we're in the car with him as he goes over the edge. But the reason Buzz doesn't is because he's, he's got his, his hand, coat caught in his the coat yeah. on the door handle. On the door handle. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, 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 like yeah. he, he oh, okay. dies because of like a costuming error. Oh, okay. Yeah, you well. know, like leather jackets have got like cuffs on them. Yeah, yeah why you would the cuff not gets caught on the like door handle? Oh, I missed that. I must have been typing. And he even said to James Dean um, to. Jim. Jim. <laughs> um, he even said to Jim, try the car door. He didn't try it, did he? No, no, See, it's true. If he had yeah. it. And so he dies. The worst part is that we go into the car and we get him going, ah! <laughs> and we did all laugh. <laughs> we did, yeah. we did all laugh. You didn't expect that, do you? I didn't, so laugh I didn't laugh because I wasn't expecting him to die. I no, laughed because no. the, the scream was so scream silly. Yes, exactly. Okay. But you weren't expecting to see an inside view. So you'd normally you'd see the car go over. And then that'd be it, wouldn't you? You wouldn't see an inside shot going down no, the cliff, you, would you? you but if would, you did, but, he'd, but, he'd but, be terrified. But I have, yeah. seen, I have seen Top ah! Gun and things where people were screaming because they're about to blow up and things like this. It, it just wasn't a good scream. It's like it when you watch a real serious scene and someone like That's falls what it is. off and you hear, you hear a Wilhelm scream, you're like, ah, it's the funny well, it's, Star Wars it's, it's not even the Wilhelm scream, though. But it's just the idea of it. It's supposed to be a moment that should have had some gravity. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> gravity. Yeah. And, <laughs> it had plenty of gravity. And, <laughs> that went down like a lead curve. Yeah. But like it just, it just didn't hit. I don't know whether it was on purpose because apparently no one else cares about it either. Well, I got this all throughout my notes now. (laughs) Like this, okay, here's an issue with this film. This should be a big deal. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah, a huge deal. This is essentially like the Romeo and Mercutio thing. He's, this is what everything hits. Good point. This this is your other Romeo and Juliet. See, here's the, another thing, because this felt like it was supposed to be the end of the movie. (laughs) And we paused it and I was like, Wait, there's like 45 minutes left? Yeah. I'm like, where are they going here? Yeah. Back this is to like the your, observatory, apparently. 
At, at best, this is like your end of Act 2, and then goes into Act 3 of how do we resolve this? Well, they get everybody out of there, and it's, there's, there's a great bit where he reaches out, Jim, for, for Judy. Because Jim doesn't know, but he didn't make it. Mm. And it's some really bad line delivery. Where's Buzz? Down, down there! there. Yeah. Okay, great. Dead. Oh, like grab me down there. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> she like reaches out with his hand, and there's a nice moment where she won't look at Jim, but the, the eventually the hands do sort of Fingers. come closer together. It's yeah. almost, almost as if she's considering going down there as well for half a second, and it's like the most nuanced bit in the entire film. It's like they went, yeah. look, the rest of the film, you're not going to care whatsoever that Buzz yeah, is so dead. Make sure here. we know you care about him now. Yeah, because he even has <laughs> like true. a very a silent. <laughs> 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 he has like a silent Because we all well. we all forget about Buzz as beyond more than a plot Buzz. point yeah. really quickly <laughs> the place t- forget about Buzz as well yeah, yeah. do you know what so hey, um, why did I pick this film <laughs> he gives her a mirror as he drops her off and goes her mirror is it her mirror yeah. Yeah. She, she leaves it in the police, police station. station oh and he goes do and you that's want why he's kept all that time oh do you want to see a monkey and he all that time is in about and 12 she, hours she opens yeah, yeah. it up and it's it's just her in her own mirror yeah, yeah that was weird just being funny I thought it was a reference to the monkey that he had but then I was like no Play, Play-Doh gets dropped off and says, I'll see you tomorrow. And then he writes down Jim's address. Uh, and oh. Judy's at her house looking in her mirror. Jim goes home, drinks milk. Dad's waiting up. And then mum comes down the stairs. And this is where we get the 180 degree <laughs> tilt. Because he's hanging upside down on the sofa. Oh, I hated that. Oh, I thought it was great. Uh, maybe it's his world's about to turn upside down. But then we right side up. I don't know. Take a moment just say right there. G- Jim wants to talk to his parents because I'm in trouble. And he's, he wants to come clean. And like his parents are like, no, no. He's like, I want to do something right. I don't. I never do anything right. Let me do the right thing. And they're like, no, no, no. For all these reasons. Um, and Jim is, oh, she goes, see, dad, she doesn't care. She goes, I don't care. Do you remember how I almost died giving birth to him? And I don't care. <laughs> the perfect mom line. Ever. It is, isn't it? <laughs> and the whole fight, Jim is always trapped between the two of them. Yeah. Always. He's always trapped. I thought this might've been a better part place for the, you're tearing me apart line. Yeah, definitely. Because you're literally between them here. Yeah. And that's, and what, that's and, why he and, makes and his and own that, decision. And, and now off. we've earned it. And yeah. now I've seen it. about to basically tear that portrait as well in yeah. like a minute. But the idea that he's literally split between them and what would that do if they're both pulling? He would be torn apart, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would, yeah. So um, she goes, so Jim's going, I've learned something. You can't just go around going, going on pretending you're tough. And his dad's like, yes, you're right. He's just like, do you mean dad, right? Just agree. Yeah, yeah. Just agree. He's like, you're not listening to me. He wants to go to the police. Uh, he starts to go, mom starts to run away, but he's like, no, you're not going to run away from me. And they, and so they shoot mom, but whenever they shoot to mom, there's a Dutch tilt. Yeah. But how, uh, yeah. Um, and he starts to talk because it didn't just go to a Dutch angle. They started neutral and then tilted as we went. Yeah. And then, and then kept going back to that angle then. He's now in the middle of them on the stairs. Dad's down low, mom's up high, and we get that instead. Uh, mom looks very much like Alice and Janney. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? Alice and Janney was... <sighs> Do you ever see I, Tanya? No. Oh, she's the mom in that. You ever see The West Wing? No. She's mom in... Oh, you ever mom. see Juno? No. Oh, how have you not seen Juno? Juno's great. Yeah, no, wow, okay. I, I've I seen Super Bad. <laughs> Here's name a movie. Yeah, As we've learned from Lord of the Rings, even when you see the movie, you don't know who's you in know it. You know the starfish in Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she is the starfish yeah. in Finding Nemo. Uh, so Jim wants to tell the truth, but Mum says yes, but don't volunteer for truth. And Dad says no, little white lies. 
and mom wants to move <laughs> and dad's talking about <laughs> 10 more tough. years yeah yeah and so uh jim snaps he attacks his father <laughs> i think he attacks his father only because he's frustrated and he wants him to back him up and be a man and go yes you're doing the right thing go and hand yourself in but he's not so because of all that frustration and that um teenage hormony thing that's going on that all of them are going through okay i think i think i don't think he attacks him because he's attacking him for for any no reason i think he's oh it's out of frustration without questions out of frustration most people attack out of frustration i just (laughs) i just struggle with why but i'm willing to give yours a a, a spin around the block and see if it fits i I think it's like that thing of I'm literally the youngest person in the house. You should be the man of the house in the eyes of masculinity. I'm beating the shit out of you. You are pathetic kind of thing. I'm beating them. Well, no, you know it's what I mean? striking. <laughs> no, but it's like, I'm attacking you, and you're if supposed you notice, to be the, the hold more him. If you notice, he grabs one. hold of his dad to pull him up. And it's I think animalistic. he's trying to say, look, come on, stand yeah. up. You know? Um, and so I think he kicks a picture of, is it grandma? The pictures of? Yeah, I couldn't tell. So some think, matriarch. I don't think I've watched this numerous times. I don't think he was meant to kick that pin. Oh, I think it was a decision he yeah. made in the moment. He, yeah. he pauses and comes back for it. Yeah, I think you're hundred percent right. I think that's quite funny. Because once you've kicked it, that's it. That's it. That's it. No, I think you're hundred percent right. <laughs> um, and so back to the police station, and as Jim's going in, Crunch and Dennis Hopper are coming out. Yeah. Mm. And this is where we switch. Now Crunch becomes the big bad. Yeah, They've yeah, had yeah. some sort of ceremony, and he's ascended <laughs> to the top. It's weird, though, because I just thought Hopper would have done, because he has a bit more input in words and decisions to start with. You can tell Hopper's the better actor, and he's a better-looking guy, too. Yeah, just Hopper looks it. really good here, actually. And he sticks out on screen. Yeah, he pops. The other guy don't. No. Nope. Crunch. Um, so Crunch feels that Jim's going to tell, and the cycle begins again. Uh, Jim then goes, he's trying to get the hold of the police officer, and they're not listening to him. Like, he's literally trying to do the right thing, and no one... So this is the idea of it. Like, no one in a position of authority is listening to you. Yeah. Um, they're all sort of bailing on you. And so uh, he's told to go and come back tomorrow. So he calls up Judy, but Dad, Judy's dad, won't let him speak to her. But Judy can definitely hear that there's someone on the phone, and she hears that Jim? Asking, Jim who? I don't know any Jims. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, you shouldn't have hung up on him. But she could have gone and said... Can I talk? Oh, please? no, this is the 1950s. No way. Uh, yeah. No way. And the phone was in their bedroom. No There's way. No way they were going to have a conversation. Uh-uh. No. But so why does he bother ringing then? I think it gets the, the idea across that something's wrong. Yeah, Jim's, it's an emergency in Jim's eyes. But how, how is she going to tell her father why she should be on the phone without, yeah, we're at the party where that guy died tonight? Yeah. Mm. Especially being like, I need to talk to this boy, and he's always already, like, harlotting. But she somehow gets out of the house. We don't really I think deal with this. Does it through the window? I don't know. She just gets out. So Judy finds him and says, hello, Jamie. At which point he's like, what? Well, his move was like to, like, go in the fetal position and go, ha, 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 Jamie. <laughs> there were some things James Dean did, did. I was like, what? What are you doing? He, it's I like he's, he's like, I'm going to keep acting drunk in some scenes. Uh, there's a bit of that. Uh, and so um, Jim gets a request on the radio from Buzz. you got to figure the police are like figuring that out. How weird is that? I never understood that. Well, the boys have obviously done it. I think, like, it's, I think, I think it's an intimidating oh, thing. I see, but why are they like, oh, yeah, he's obviously going to be know listening to this radio up. station. But, no, basically time. the... the uh, the the DJ says this basically goes. There's a little shout out from the from the Burger Palace boys who want to say because uh, he mentions the boys down at so and so. Oh, he yeah. does, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he goes, uh, speaks to Judy and goes, "I guess you're still pretty upset, huh?" 
And I'm going, Jim, it's, no, been, about, no, it's, been, not. it's been about three hours since, since, since Buzz died, man. If that. Yeah. Oh, he's gone now. Jim talks <laughs> about what he thought was going to happen at the start of a day. And Judy apologizes for how she behaves around the other kids. And then he kisses her on the forehead. And she goes, why'd you do that? And he goes, I wanted to. Which uh, that's weird. Not an, okay, okay. Let's deal with the fact it's the fifties. Okay, yeah, let's yeah, just do yeah. that. No, I'm I'm yeah. I'm fine with this. Yes, bit. I have no issue with this. With this. It uh, was what it was at the time. But goes, uh, she goes. Your, your lips are soft, and again, it's this idea that he's showing affection, mm-hmm. and this isn't even affection because you brought me something or did so. This is just just genuine affection. Yeah. Um. So Jim says, "I makes sense as to what she asked. Why did you do that? Because she wants to know the origins of the affection. Sure." And Jim says, I'm never going back to that zoo. And to be fair, what's Judy's name again in real life? Natalie Wood. Overacts a bit. He goes, <laughs> I'm never going back. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to go to the Get mansion. Get out of the car, Jim. Get out of the car, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to go to the mansion by the planetarium. We go back to Which, Plato. Just rewind. Yep. When we were in the planetarium the first time and Plato's like, look, there's that house over there. It's really far away. Yeah. Although we're, although we're told by Plato, it's just a little small walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you look very closely, it's a painting. <laughs> yes. Uh, back to Plato. He's just driving around, and it looks like he's on Mary Poppins Boulevard because it doesn't look like a real street at all. <laughs> and he's jumped by three tufts. Uh, they get Plato's. We got his book. I'm like, oh, I guess that was been a thing back then. You had people's addresses in a book. Maybe. Yeah. It was that that or memorized things? I suppose. Well, it's like your contact book as well. That people have like phone numbers in like early nineties because you don't have. Well, I know down. about like the little black book and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't think teenagers had it for people in the small town they lived in. Again, this is why I think he's a bit on the spectrum. Yeah, maybe. Uh, very obsessive. Plato comes by and asks... Oh, sorry, I've, I've jumped ahead. Um, Plato then gets so upset because he's basically, like, he's assaulted right in front of his house. Yeah. He knocks on the door. He gets to open the door. They still assault him in front of the they, nanny. They even go in a little bit. Yeah. She pushes them out. Yeah, she's got a... And she's like... She's a force, though. She's not she messing is. with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes upstairs. He finds a check for child support for like $675, which I don't know what that is in wow. today's money, but it's a lot. It. You, you find out what that was. $675. Um, and he also finds the gun. Now, we know he knows. Now, here's the deal. He was caught shooting puppies. Why would he Do still have it? you not hide that gun? Don't you hide the gun. Yeah. Lock it up yeah. somewhere or get rid of it. Yeah. He's weird. Because it's clear he's a little bit... I think George's thing is right about, you know, he's probably on the spectrum somewhere. Yeah. Significantly. So $6,585. You can do okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, I'll get you three months. That's more than my student loan. There you go. <laughs> um, wait, have you done the US to UK conversion rate already? Oh, uh, no. Okay. But like six, six round is still more than my student loan. Okay. Um, and then we go to uh, back to Jim's house. There's some knocking. <laughs> and Dad's like, oh, it's nobody. It's nobody. I was like, open the door. And again, it's <laughs> how different they are. And it's three toughs who have strung a chicken up by the front door. I don't Poor like how chicken. they're strung the chicken up. <laughs> no, it was dead at first. Then it and Dad's moved. like, who's there? I'm like, oh, when you open the door, I can clearly see who it was. Yeah. yeah. He's right there in the background. He's fairly well lit. And not only that. Why are you not more strung out about this chicken? Strung out. <laughs> yeah, he takes you know it in stride mean? pretty well. If he went to your door right now and there's a chicken hanging I'd be, there. I'd be a little bit, like, yeah. Like, I, the, I totally get why there's a chicken there because there's a game of chicken, but it's so stupid. It's because they call him chicken. Oh, I missed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're that's right. The reason, that's why it's there. It's because they're like, he's this house yeah. has been branded chicken. Plato comes by and asks where Jim is right afterwards, and Dad's like kind of cool with him. And I'm like, I'd be thinking everybody was stringing chickens yeah. up for me now. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, then there's a phone montage of people just like this music, and there's like you can see people's lips moving, but we're not going to give you any of the diegetic sound. Okay. And then we go to the mansion. I think this is just a way to sort of suggest time has passed. Yeah, we go to the mansion. Uh, this mansion was filmed at the the exterior shots. W sorry, the William O. Jenkins house, previously used in the film Sunset Boulevard. I was oh. going to say there's a house that's used in yeah. in something else. It was demolished just two years after filming. Oh, okay. Yeah, it must have been it must have legitimately been an abandoned house, I guess. Uh, at the mansion, Jim and Judy break in, and then Plato stops by conveniently. He's also let in, and they ma- he must have seen who because that was so close. I guess so. I mean, and when they masquerade as a married couple looking to buy a house, and it feels very out of character for yeah. Buzz being dead for about two and a half, three hours. I know, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we'll put the children in here, and this will be a great." And it's just they even put accents on and stuff. Yeah, like this hoity-toity, yeah. like we're older. Oh, well, darling, where are we going to find the thing? Yes, you see, we're, we're newlyweds. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're our child, Plato. <laughs> and there's some commentary about children are so annoying when they cry, and this is the whole no one listens to us and our problems are very real and we and feel all say of it the nursery's going to be in the empty pool where the children can't get back out of it yeah. yeah so it's all of us like parents hate their children yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. uh jim then they got this empty swimming pool of course jim jumps off a diving board Jim's a bit reckless. That would absolutely have broken an ankle. Oh, his uh, knees are shattered. Or, yeah. Judy then runs out and splashes him with water, and uh, Play-Doh's just kind of giggling and rolling around, and then he they finally get this thing where Jim's in Judy's lap, but he's sort of holding the hand or has a hand on the chest of Play-Doh who's laying at his feet. See, I thought that was always her. Was she it? in his lap? No, no he's no, got to no, be no. laying down. He's laying. Yeah. Jim's laying in her lap. Yes. But I thought she was touching Plato. Maybe they both were. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, because I'm sure his hand was down as oh, well. Oh, okay. And it makes sense. Plato's like, I've never had fun here before, but I remember laying in my crib and listening to my parents fight. Jim says, I can't remember what happened yesterday. And I'm like, well, that's fitting because we weren't introduced to you until today, were we? <laughs> we don't know why you ended up. We don't know. We saw you like laying down like with a toy elephant. Ah, monkey going, ah. Apparently, they can't remember what happened three hours Plato says his father is dead. Big hero in the China Sea. But then is instantly called out by Jim. He said, you told me he was in New York City. He goes, oh, yeah. Uh. Uh, Plato sleeps outside, and Jim and Judy prepare to explore the house. I'm kind of okay. I don't really want an issue with this. He's sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they tuck him in. They leave him a candle. It's, no one. They, they don't, don't know that anybody's going to come in. Yeah. They laugh at his mismatched socks. Now, I found a piece of research that said this is genuine because Salminio accidentally put them on this way by mistake. Now, I call BS because, Liam, you yeah. instantly went, and I'm inclined to agree with you. The red and the blue of his socks perfectly match the jacket and the jeans. The jacket and the jeans of James Dean. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Also, they're bright red Just and blue. It's not even similar, is the it? Love for it's, him. It's, and also the fact that you know we got a we got a movie here has been made in color. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's yeah. have you know. Let's have the most polaring opposite colors we can to sort of represent. Yeah, I and also it makes sense with George's point about like him being on the spectrum, him being that obsessed that he would want to color code himself to. But Jim. he's only just this implies him, he knew what he was going to show up wearing to the chicky run. Which he doesn't, think, and he's only met him well, today. He's been, he's been at home. Gets, he could have changed. The afterwards. jacket gets put on. Oh, you think he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he oh, ran, I'll got the it. check, yeah. got the gun. <laughs> no, Hang on, I, I need my colored socks. <laughs> we don't know. I think it's just symbolic. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, same. Uh, bloody hell. <laughs> I, I want you to appreciate that I titled that segment, Let's Talk About Socks, Baby. 
<laughs> That's great. Thank you. Uh, inside the mansion, and she, she goes, uh, Judy goes, is this what it's like to love somebody? And he goes, no, Judy. And he goes, I don't know. And I'm like, you were like the girlfriend of the guy who died three hours ago. See, yeah. this is originally where I was like, yeah, I can totally see the uh, Romeo and Juliet. Because I'm like, these kids are stupid. They're dumb. It's been 12 hours. Uh, Judy then wants a man who can be gentle and sweet. Someone who doesn't run away when you want them. Like being Plato's friend when no one else wanted them. I'm like, okay, I get why you like are starting to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This film She's needed to not be set. This film needed to not be set over 24 hours. No, it yeah. needs to be longer. Yeah. Um, he goes, she goes, I've been looking for someone to love me, and now I love somebody. And I'm like, I get this. I get this. Wanting someone to love you, and then you go, hang on, I've been looking at backwards. I love somebody, and then that fills that hole far more than just waiting to receive it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She goes, I love you, Jim. I really mean it. What? Why is it so easy now? I've written all in caps. Somebody died earlier. You witnessed someone die. Your boyfriend. <laughs> Your boyfriend. Died. You gave him dirt, and now that's where he lives. You're in love with a person who technically might be at fault for him dying. Oh, he's not at fault for no, him dying. No, it's in like the, the actions that caused like everything. To he's, he might be an accessory to accessory the accident. Then, yes. Just give me an idea for a, what we could do on the podcast. <laughs> you reenact the movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love listening to you. We, we should do we should do some seeds and put on the Patreon. That'd be a great idea. Uh, Plato wakes up and uh, it's Crunch with a chain saying good morning. There's a fight in the swimming pool and maybe the most unbelievable thing in this movie is somehow Plato gets away from three thugs with weapons. Yeah, and the fact that he's always running away beforehand and now he's fighting like uh, like a tiger yep. or a lion. You know, he's picking up everything and swinging everything and. You know, you just think, no. At this point, Ethan went, has he forgotten he has a gun? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, yeah, because he went and got it. (laughs) And then he went and hid. And he had this great slide. Oh, it was was so so good. Um, The cops show up. Plato starts to cry and just says, save me over and over again. Crunch comes down to the stairs and um, Plato shoots Crunch. And then Plato almost shoots Jim. I always thought he killed Crunch. I thought he killed Crunch too, but they said wounded. That that fall that he makes is very like... Oh, it's very much like you shot him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because it's weird because gunshots seem to do some signify different things in this movie. They do. You shoot one person, he's fine. You shoot another, nope, dead. No. And he goes to Jim, why'd you run out on me? You're not my father. And I went, okay, this needs to dial back a little bit here. I laughed at this. It was like this is the part where I went. Oh, you kind of had an all right thing kind of going, yeah. And then this happens. It's because it's this this line, and then a line he says later on, like you hit it too on the nose. Yeah. You can have it be subtle. You, you can have it, but it's got to be subtle. The yeah. last ten minutes of this are a little labored. <laughs> too much. Uh, Judy's Judy's like, where are you going? He's like, well, Plato needs me. I need you too. And he goes, oh, I can be there for both of you. And then they kiss. <laughs> and I'm going, this is. This Plato is not the time. Guy, let's make out. People back, are dying. Back to the observatory. Plato. Bra- oh, but I'm, I'm, like Plato shooting at a cop as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But also, we've gone back to the observatory now, so the three, four dudes in the house don't matter anymore. They don't matter anymore. No, mm. Pla- we forget about them. Plato breaks in. Uh, Jim's parents are on the way to the. Uh, uh, back from the police station with Ray. I don't know when that happened, but I apparently it did. Is just, like, it's supposed to be like, oh yeah, they got in contact with Ray. So Ray picks them up. 
Apparently, oh yeah, and also Ray's now back being a cop, and he's not just. Well, we we need a way for Ray and the parents both to find out, and so I guess put them in the same car, but don't explain why they're there. No, you don't need to. Uh, Jim's (laughs) mom's saying you hear about these things happen to people's kids, but not your own, which is very much like, did you hear that, everybody in the audience? This could happen to you. I love how the police radio though you can still hear that there's something going on at the observatory. There's kids being seen. Uh, Ray is in charge. Uh, as the juvie cop, and then tells, Ji- and then Jim and Judy run into the observatory, and the, the cops like, "Cool, let him go, <laughs> let him go." They, Don't we, worry that there's another we got armed some, psychotic teenager in there. If anybody dies, it's just children, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we can make you won't see the blood because he's wearing a red jacket. <laughs> yes, Jim says that Plato can shoot him if he wants, but he's going to go into the main uh, planetarium observatory theater and starts the show. So that light will show up. And you hear uh, Plato go, do you think the end of the world will happen at nighttime? No, at dawn. dawn. Which is symbolic because about what happens at dawn with Plato. Mm. Um, he says, I can't talk to you if I can't see you. And then Plato stands because why did you run out on me? And um, Jim trades his jacket for a gun, which was a nice callback to earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's that idea that you are my best friend. Look, I'm giving you my jacket take the gun and then as soon as he has the gun jim gets rid of the bullets which but was he makes clever the point of how heavy the gun is takes, you've been carrying around with this all day yeah. and then takes the bullets takes out the which bullets should feel out, which are the bulk of the gun how, how many shots does he fire that clip's got to be empty i was right? counting that because i was also counting the police officer oh, was no, revolver, about four or he, five isn't it yeah the police officer that did like six or seven shots and you get like six in a revolver because he he takes one shot at crunch he takes one, at Jim. one shot at Jim. So there's only four. Isn't it? I don't know how many chambers. I think it's eight. a revolver would be six, but that's a clip. He's yeah, got. Yeah. A clip he's got. Yeah. A clip, I think it's eight. I don't know. Four British slash British adjacent people are not the right ones to be no. having your gun podcast. No. So if you want to tell us what. <laughs> Hermes, Julian, you guys got military stuff. Tell us about yeah, guns, would you? Um, and so he pulls the bullets out of the chamber. Unlike the BFE, we've always got one or two. Left <laughs> <in the chamber. laughs> nice. Um, he uh, talks into going outside. Uh, it's too bright. So Jim says he'll fix it. And he does. Plato wants the cops to go away. And the, one of the cops is always one sees he's got a gun still. So they turn the lights back on and that causes Plato to freak out. And he goes for a runner and Plato gets shot. And this is just as, um, He's going, Jim's going, I had the bullets. When earlier he's like, look, look, no, don't say look, look. I have the bullets. Yeah, yeah. His gun's not loaded. Yeah. Use, use words. your words. Use your words. This is how, I, we, te- this is how yep. we treat toddlers yep. who don't, who are just crying and don't know what they want. You go, use your words. Use your words. Come on, tell me what it is that's wrong. I yep. know he's like, oh, if I say I've got the bullets, then Plato will freak out. I would rather. Take the chance. Take the chance. On um, me. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, then the, he goes and he sees the socks of Plato and he laughs before crying at his father's feet. Dad says, stand up and I'll stand up with you. I'll try to be as strong as you want me to be. And then Jim introduces Judy to his parents. They walk away, the couple, and the two of them go to say something and they both catch themselves and smile like our little boys in love. Oh, the fact that there's a cool like each other. That's the most I've got in my notes. Right two adolescents are dead. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie wants me to go, oh. And then one severely wounded by a bullet. 
Uh, let's talk about Sal Minio. He said in a 1972 interview that the character of Plato was, of course, intended to have been gay. He says it makes sense Plato was killed off. He was, in a way, the first gay teenager in films. You watch mm-hmm. it now, you know he had the hots for James Dean. You do, yeah. You watch it, everyone knows about Jimmy's bisexuality. So it's like he had the hots for Natalie Wood and me. Ergo, I had to be bumped off out of the way. Sal Minio once did on the day his death scene was shot. James Dean never let him out of his sight the entire day. Oh. And I did say, I did say, uh, as as they're walking, as the camera pulls away, and all of a sudden, all the people became like ghost people they and did. ghost yeah. cars. Yeah, yeah. There was like a white outline. If you watch this, it's, 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 it's a remaster, but yeah, dawn is supposed to be coming up. They've, 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 tried, they've tried to upgrade it, but as a man walking towards the observatory, that is director nicholas oh i thought it might be i was so much more interested about what was about to happen with this man because it's like (laughs) he's about to walk into the planetarium to see that there's been like shit happening in there with his briefcase i thought it was like like an inspector ghoul type situation he's just, he's just he's a guy like, going to work in the morning well, what happened here apparently he goes to work at dawn like he sees like the teenager in the banister bleeding like, oh, I, I like the cliche of it pulling back though on a tragic note all three lead actors james dean sal Minio, and natalie wood would die prematurely under tragic circumstances dean died in a oh you've got it down here you want to go ahead and say it? well uh, uh, yeah um james dean died in a car crash yep september 1955 yeah natalie wood dies of drowning falling off a boat at night 1981 yeah yeah and salminio i think was mugged and killed stabbed so probably during the mugging yeah yeah yeah, february 1976 in addition edward platt i don't know who he was died of suicide in 1974 and then dennis hopper hopper fell ill suddenly in 2009 and died five months later i think that ties in as as neatly with the kind of aura of the rest of Of the other three we're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Liam, we need a random word, buddy. Random word. Switchblade. Switchblade? You were prepared Ooh. for that one. No, I just came on top of my head. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, just came on top of my head. Here's the switchblade on the squab. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the money, money, money. Uh, All about the money, money, Budget money. was only one and a half million. Ooh. Now, different, different time. Yeah. Yeah. How much does it make? 12 million. 12 million. 60 million. Is that one six or six oh? Six oh. Six oh sixty. Nine million. Yeah, you're a lot closer. Four and a half million seems to be it. I did find some documents that said seven point two. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so I mean but that's like tripling your money, especially because you wouldn't spend nearly as much on promoing as you would now. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think you'd double the budget. So that, that's okay. Yeah. Um awards. It is nominated for one second here. It is nominated for um, three Oscars, Best Motion Picture, sorry, Best Motion Picture Story, mm-hmm. and then two acting awards. Who's nominated for acting awards? I'm assuming James Dean. Natalie Wood. Anybody want to anybody get committed to? Been who I'd have guessed that. James those two? Natalie those two? Yeah. yeah. Natalie Wood's correct. Sal Minio. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well, I Which, felt like he was tenon everywhere. The pro- is it so early that that still feels like good acting? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think he's the problem might be with... Uh, it's surprising James Dean doesn't even get nominated yeah, as this, because we think of it, it as being something... See, I thought it would be like the Heath Ledger effect, where right, because of that, sure they nominate he was nominated for East of Eden. Maybe he's nominated for that, yeah. Yeah. But, but not nominated for this. Yes. No. Weird. Um... I think James Dean's tenanted at times over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. but he's he's improvising stuff, isn't I he? I think we're seeing uh, a, a guy who's been given full reign who maybe needed a little bit more restraint. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He makes some great choices, but you need someone to go, okay, we're, I hear you. 
do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Travis. Uh, whose story is it? Well, it's obvious. Well, okay, you can argue it's teenagers of America. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. And their bewildered parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What do you do? With the moral decay of America, a story of it hasn't stopped. Seems to understand is the is the chief of police guy who ends up being powerless yeah. because he's at the mercy of everybody else. Yeah, yep. the one he's, guy who gets adolescence. Yeah, he's Inspector right. Ghoul. If we're doing the Inspector Cool's uh, analogy, are we? No, I just I, I <laughs> yeah. just said that I really hoped to do with the briefcase. At the I'm end sorry of that. if you're not from the UK, you don't know what Inspector Calls is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's take a look here. Uh, what is the story here? I think we just talked about is the disaffected youth and what, yeah. what do you do in that stage when you're between childhood and adulthood? Yeah, and that transition's not easy. And I'm not just talking about you know when they put you in health class when you were a kid and goes here's all the changes that's going to happen to your body. <laughs> it was called changing me when I was a child. That's how they called it. <laughs> but Buzz knocked on the head, didn't he? What else do you do? Yeah, what else do you do? You know, um, just drive around. Don't drive off cliffs. <laughs> yeah. Drive around. Drive around. Um, roll of women in this film, Georgie. You want to start us off on this? Um, I mean, Mum, Judy's mum is very much no. His mum, Jim's mum, is portrayed as woman of the house, which is great, but it's seen very much as a negative thing in this film. Yeah, they see. It mm. as a oh, I don't think she's woman of the house. I think she's like shown as being like browbeating. The, the more sort of dominant one in the relationship. Not even just dominant. It's like she is mean. She is cruel. Oh, see, I didn't get that. Okay. I didn't. I got that it was just that she was the one calling the shots and dad was okay with that because that is fine. But That's the dynamic that they've negotiated between them. Yeah. But the son was like, no, you must be man of house. To be fair. You have hang penis. On, to be <laughs> fair. Like to, be, to be fair. <laughs> They do argue the whole film. Oh, they do. Yeah, that's a different. Until they smile at the end together. Yeah, that's a like if it's a different dysfunctional relationship because they're arguing all the time. That's fine. Yeah, that's a different matter to who kind of wears the trousers, as it were. All right, where it seems that mum does, but the film wants us to wants. Okay, so that's mum. Any thoughts on any thoughts on Judy? I think I think Judy was uh, is quite good in this movie because um, at the beginning she's very much her own person, even when she's with Buzz. Um, oh, I don't think she is her no, own she, person. She literally says... She literally has that bit where she goes, I'm sorry, I act the way I do. I just can't help people. around the other kids. Yeah, she's yeah, she's very much influenced by all of the other children. But all it's the other children are influenced by each other. So that cancels that out, kind of. Because they're all... They're all it's pack mentality. I think James Dean's comment, are you always at ringside, is bang on. She's just there cheerleading, whatever. She's... she's just, she you're going to signal the lights the and you're going to do oh, this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like oh, she's, okay. She just cheerleads whoever's giving her the most affection in that moment. Yeah. I like her story. Yeah. Cause she's I do. Because when she's on her own, she seems very... My issue with it is the speed in which the movie decided to tell its story out with a 24-hour, 27-hour. so bloody fickle. It, ma- yeah. it, it, it does make her look really fickle. It makes oh, her yeah, seem very, yeah, yeah. boys, 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 boys. If he's dead, I'll go with the other one. I get the idea. It's totally fine having the idea that with a buzz isn't real and it feels more genuine and organic with uh, Jim. But That's then you, fine, you, you've but got to give time to let that story yeah, develop yeah, yeah. because it does seem like she's heartless. Or even they if they all are. or even yeah. if they just made it out that there was more convenience for them to be together rather than love together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But even the bit where Jim's like this guy, you just had this moment with. Just Jim and Buzz. You had this moment with, with like, the cigarette, and you kind of admitted you or whatever. And he's outside of going, where's Buzz? Yeah, they don't care. He does, he does have a bit where he feels responsible and wants to go to the cops. But then that lasts until he's sent away, and then he seems to be all right. 
Yeah. He's like, oh, well, I tried to I do tried. the right thing. Sauce guys. <laughs> yeah, just if one of those. That won't hold up in court. Let's go get someone else. With killed. this police force, ain't nobody going to court. No, <laughs> no. Um, favorite just, a mis- just a misdemeanor. Yeah. <laughs> favorite character? Um, probably Plato. Plato? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Liam? <sighs> it, it was always James Dean, because that's the one I associated with and yep. understood more. Um, but watching it today... Judy, no, James Dean. James Dean, yeah. I'm going Plato because I think he has the the best story overall and the tr- the best sort of finale, even if it's tragic. I just want to say, like, if we're doing honorable mentions, though, his nanny is the best. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's like so her. great. Her her crying when uh, he's died. Oh, I love it. It was right. so Probably sad. The most acting in the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Honorable mention for Ray. <laughs> I'm going to go honorable mention to Judy because I really wanted to name Judy, but Ray has to be my 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 call. He just gets it. He did. Yeah. He's the only and one who gets it. He's, he has a presence in a film where a lot of people are tanning, which actually isn't my issue with Judy. She's actually really quite good in that regard. I think her performance is very good. Um, Ray gets the idea about the importance of what can happen if you stick to a four, like a four to a six or a three to a seven. And you kind of, you know, you take away because teenagers are all emotion, all emotion and no reason. Yeah, yeah, I know. More often than not. And yeah. so he kind of gets rid of that by almost going unemotive and going, you want to punch the desk, punch the desk. Or oh, you didn't hit me because it would have happened. And just kind of takes his emotions out of the equation. And then they've got nothing to reflect back at you. And I'm kind of going, good on you, Ray. Yeah, I get yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, but also has his own frustration because he gets kids, but no one will listen to him. No, yeah, yeah. true. So um, best moment, best moment. Are you going first? Or? I'm thinking. We can, we can come back to you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my favorite element is the scenes between Jim and his father because you can see the desperation of him wanting to love his father and respect his father, but he doesn't get that from him and he's trying all the time. And even when you notice when the mother is talking, he always talks to his dad, not his mum. The mum is only injected into the conversation, but he'll always direct the question or whatever towards his dad. Mm. And it's a strange dynamic. And I, I don't know. I, I weirdly like um, the struggle that they have. Yeah. You know, because that's not normal for 1950s. And James Dean doing his vulnerability when I said earlier on, it's, it's, he's seen vulnerability as a strength. And yet his father is a different kind of vulnerable, which isn't a strength for him. Yeah, it's not seen as a strength by, by Jim, is it? No. No. Even destruction. Just want yeah. to show that off. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Even destruction. Barry McGuire. Uh, George, do you have yours? Yeah, so my favourite element is probably the use of colour for the fact that it was obviously redone because they wanted to put it back into colour. So obviously things have been considered using colour. Um, I like the use of red um, because the only two that seem to wear it are both Judy and Jim, which is nice. Um, and there's some just, yeah, it's just some nice little, some of the shots are nice because they've been coloured well. Yeah. Uh, Ethan? Uh, I'm basically going to parrot what I said when we did Cool Hand Luke. I like the look, like the dissection really of masculinity and femininity in the way of this is how you're supposed to be. This is 
what you need to do as a man or a woman and how it can be damaging if you follow those things. All of the, the reason Buzz dies is because of the idea that to be a man, you need to have this sense of uh, respect and follow through and don't be a chicken. And the same, the reason the relationship breaks down with Jim and his dad is that very uh masculine idea of whatever what a man needs to be and it's always this is what would be when you're a man do you know that the film tells us that buzz is actually a good guy at the end yeah that scene he has with whatever i mean yeah. it's a, these are the two leaders who don't even really hate each other yeah. they're just doing what men have to do so yeah. that's a good he's but to say it's, it's a good thing yeah it's like a victim of it and but and and jim's dad finally reaches his arc when he stands up for himself and for jim and is more like what jim needs him to be yeah, yeah. you're literally walking into what my grumble is uh, no, no, I'm, sure, I, I'm sure i am but i'm just yeah. saying yeah. i don't think it is an evaluation of masculinity oh, i think no, it's a I'm criticism evalu- of those who aren't it's a, it's a it's an evaluation i think of of in like a 2022 when we did that i was like this is what it can do if you if you do okay. this or this because he wanted to to value to value that concept of masculinity it leads to all of that kind of thing i do like that natalie wood uh, judy her speech when she's like this is what you do you're soft and you're sweet and that can be masculine too i think there's something yeah, in yeah, that yeah, yeah. Yeah. where you don't have to be abusive exactly mm. where i think a lot cliche pretending to be tough james yeah, dean's yeah, whole yeah. speech about that's not what yeah, manliness yeah, yeah. needs to be i'll give you that much yeah. it's not about pretending I'm, to I'm, be tough all the I'm time i'm totally yeah, evaluating yeah, yeah. it like in the eyes of me now and being like oh well you can see this this and this uh, but i think that's the that's what i i get from the film I think I'm going to go with the scene where Jim wants to confess and he's with his parents. That is a good one. I think that felt like it was the climax of the movie. (laughs) And I just feel like everything afterwards is kind of a little bit of a, oh, we're going to go down this road, are we? All right. They're like a a knife in the tire, isn't it? Yeah. A bit bit deflated. A little bit of a slice, (laughs) just a little bit of red. Um, So, yeah. So, that's it for me. Uh, uh, Grumble? Yeah. So, basically, what you were just saying with Ethan, like the... The film tries to show us in its own 50s fashion that you don't have to be abusive to be masculine. But what we see is that you should be all of these other things to be masculine. And the ones that are rewarded in the end, who I don't die, or like their character arc actually ends somewhere higher than when they started, like his dad. They're the ones that have conformed to what is this idea of masculinity of you are in charge, you are this, you are that, you're the other you just don't have to be abusive. That's like the only thing that they took away from it. And so for me, watching it going, that's not the case anymore. And I get that it's made in a completely different time, but unfortunately the remit of this podcast is that I'm watching it for the first time in 2022 um, through very different eyes. So I'm just kind of like, because my reading of it is, you must be man, you will be rewarded if you are man. Like this type of like this, epitome of in charge and trouser wearing okay i hear you it is if, if i say it, it, it's one family but because we're only shown the two families in both yeah. in both that situation but but it's a product of its time so when okay so when you i'm gonna go back to ethan's point about inspector calls for a minute so you actually the calls you're going oh it's all man must be this man must, i mean they're, they're, but they're all punished for when it. we deal with they're not punished because they're they're strictly patriarchal, I don't think. No, not because they're patriarchal, but because of all of their faults individually, yeah, they're uh, punished. That's fine, but that's not what I'm talking about. What we're talking about here is this the idea that it's patriarchal. Yeah, and this because this film is very much patriarchal. All the people that aren't, that we then see as perhaps better people, like Plato, who's different, and like Buzz, who ends up being different, both die. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, could you argue? I'm not saying I necessarily have 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 sat here or or finished here, but the idea being that uh, what this film is teaching us is that young men need men to show them who they need to be as adults, and if if we if if, if they're not exposed to that, and again, I'm going back to 1955. Yeah. I'm not saying this is the this is something I, I believe in myself, but you know the. And, and if we if we leave them with ineffective, weak, ineffective men at the head of these families, then we're going to end up with confused, torn individuals, like we see Jim's character. I think that's what it's trying to tell us. But the okay. fact, but but Jim's dad isn't weak and ineffective. He's just not dominant, and that's a very different character trait. Does Jim's dad come across as a winner? Yeah, uh. he's he's obviously rich because he buys him everything he wants. He's going to balls with his wife. He's got a wife and children that he loves like these are all things that are arguably supposed successful to be. okay that's yeah. fine. and the only thing that he doesn't do is boss his wife around fair enough that's what sort of my whole point because it for me it showed the the damages of like what a, a more toxic side of masculinity can do if it brings itself up uh liam you grumble uh my grumble has always been even as a kid how they moved on so quickly from buzz <laughs> um because that leads you, they want you to believe, um, they want you to believe in their relationship. So they, they totally forget about him. Um, which I, which I, I understand if you get the movie going forward, but in real life that wouldn't happen. And all I kept thinking was, well, you're quite fickle to go with him if you're going to be thinking of, if you're not thinking of Buzz. I mean, that's a pretty big thing to know that your boyfriend's just been killed. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's just left you. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that just that really. Bloody hell, this film gave me whiplash. Like it just it it gives you one thing you think, okay, this is sort of where our end point is, and then it goes to what is essentially like our midpoint and then another midpoint, and then your end point just feels I don't want to say tacked on, but it's like adding another film to it. Because it just continues and continues and there's no sense of of good pacing. I keep comparing this to um cool hand luke but it's in the same sense of there is an end point there and it makes sense for the story but the second that buzz dies it decides to just take a long time to get to your to your to your finish when it could have finished like 10 minutes after buzz dies yeah i think i'm pretty much with you um this whole film happens because you know jim says moo at a planetarium <laughs> Yeah, like if we go back to that, look at the ripples that that has. I mean, you want to go Romeo and Juliet? There's a little bit in that. Um, No, but I think this film really suffers after Buzz dies because I don't think anything in the organization of the story allows things to breathe as they should, or allow characters to react in a way. But let's me forgive who they are. I mean, if I'm supposed to be behind Jim and Judy's romance, I think the film's supposed to tell me I should be into Jim and Judy's romance. Then I've got to actually see her care but then that requires time and if it doesn't then you can't have her be the girlfriend you can have her be the friend you can have her it can have her be her friends whatever but it can't be it can't be that guy it can't be that guy in this situation where you just remove one and move the other one in and she goes oh you're a really nice guy what so i I forget about 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 the dead kid yeah who actually was shown me to be a pretty decent human being yeah Yeah. oh jeez that's the that's the the reason i was seeing it in because it should for me it shows everyone they're a victim of the like the upbringing and that's that's where you finish it look at the consequences of what your view of whatever has been this has killed someone we need to move forward okay do you think the problem is 
that James Dean had too much say over what went on. <laughs> Maybe. And the director didn't Maybe. really direct. Yeah. Possibly. You know? It was too busy. What if the last Hollywood. scene, what if instead of this, which feels very over-the-top Hollywood-y, all sorts of stuff, <laughs> yeah. what if the final scene is, you? here's what I want. I want James Dean and I want Ray in a room again. And I want James Dean trying to confess. I want Ray trying to give that nuanced approach about let's think about this clearly is that really and going through that situation oh. and then he comes out with a story and everybody's looking for what's been decided and then he comes out and it's some sort of tweak where he saved him somehow and he's you know there's some sort of a present thing or he's gonna go away for 12 months to juvie or something's gonna happen whatever it is but there's something that's occurred there which is less bang bang shoot shoot slice slice yeah, yeah. and it's just a little bit more like actually let's talk through the issues we've tried to pretend this film's about because he talked through the issues at the beginning, didn't he? Yeah. He was talking through it. So to carry that through would have been better. That was, to, to bookend it at yeah. the police station and have that be your circular yeah, narrative, yeah, yeah, especially when he tried to go there at the midpoint. Yeah. I think that's a better way to end this. Yeah, you're right. So they started out strong like, yeah. With, yeah. With, with Ray. I really enjoyed that. And then yeah. it was when it started to go. It's, yeah, it's when Buzz dies and they all forget about it really quickly that I very much turned on the film and went, It right, just turned okay. into those, cli- now they become cliches because this is influential and it helps yeah. impact yeah. that stuff. But I just felt like it hit all of them. Yeah. And not like well. if this happened now you'd be like slow down what you gotta have all of these in the same movie <laughs> yeah 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 you're not wrong all right let's uh best role ever i can't comment because i mean it's not dennis hoppers that's all i can tell you <laughs> <laughs> is this james dean's best film i don't think so i think okay. when he plays cal in um east of eden is his best it does role. strike me it does strike me as like we said someone who was given too much sway yeah, and yeah. needed a little bit a little bit of control yeah yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's time for, Ethan, I hope you're yeah. ready, if I hit the right button. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. And thanks to Moonlight Social, as yeah. per usual for Thank use you. of our age game ditty. Ethan, what we got? Well, we've got one less than we originally had because of Natalie Wood, but yeah, we'll start with James Dean. I can't answer. Uh, I'm going to go last because I can't really... 20 24 24 oh really yeah yeah uh next we've got sal minio i think i know this one too i don't 19 slightly higher i think 20 i think he's 18 he's 16 is he really wow yeah then we've got um buzz who's played by Corey allen okay i don't know this one so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 23 22 I want to go slightly higher than Dean. I'm going to say 25. He's 21. George on that one. Taking it. Then we have um, Anderon who plays uh, Jim's mum. Okay, I don't know this one. Uh, 46. So wait, you said 53. George said 46. I'll split the difference and go 50. 44. Wow. Whoa, they have aged her up or something. Wow, yeah, she looks bad. And then we It's okay, she's dead. She yeah, she and then we have the dad. I would say we should treat it with some more respect, but this movie didn't care about his dad, so jeez. No. So then we have uh Jim's dad. Uh, oh. 50. 48. 47. He's 42. He's even younger. Wow. I know. Wow. 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 <laughs> Jeez. The penny just dropped. Yeah, it just dropped. <laughs> Not a prayer. And then, no. and then finally we have Dennis Hopper. Uh, Who was Dennis Hopper, sorry? Dennis Hopper is the one. He was always to like the left of like, what was his name? Crutch? Crutch? Crunch? 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 Crunch?
20 20 oh hang on i know this i think so i'm gonna bow out you were he's 19 yeah that's oh. what i was gonna guess because i think i saw him in my in the the bit about the uh, affair yeah. that he was three years older but the director was so much older oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. so there we go uh so thank you very much uh georgia we gotta do some stuff with critics 7.7 on imdb but 92 percent on rotten, rotten tomatoes yeah there's like all the top critic ones on here I, I can find are fresh. Like That's fine. Like, just yes, just give us a sample if you would. Um, so we've got uh, Jack Moffat from The Hollywood Reporter says it contains some extraordinarily good acting by the late James Dean, Natalie Wood and Sal Minier. Direction by Nicholas Ray is outstanding. This is a superficial treatment of a vital problem that has been staged brilliantly. So obviously a big fan. Um, Kate from the times uk says uh, with his slicked up quiff turned up jeans and revved up attitude dean instantly achieved icon status which i think is accurate from what you guys have said i mean i'm not in the that, i don't know about that but yeah um and then we have one from our good friend roger ebert Eames. he says like its hero rebel without a cause desperately wants to say something and doesn't know what it is if it did know it would lose its fascination he really likes it he gave it four out of four okay wow. oh, um i asked our critics uh famously fantastic mr fox came back as okay by the listenership last week and mm. uh, rebel vada cause uh 30 said great 30 percent said okay 40 percent said good film let's unpack a little bit georgia who do we have from the patreon i uh, say so we've got reverend bruce from the patreon Hallelujah. he says wow this is a good one it's been a long time since i've seen it but it is your classic coming of age story classic james dean who was also in east of eden great book and movie both of which i've not seen in a long time either would love to rewatch and review rebel without a cause it's been a long time an oldie but a goodie and he gives it 10 yeah wow he's on my side oh hang on you're not supposed to you're not supposed to give the ratings yet because that's the fifth chair oh sorry so there we go so we're gonna have to i'll have to bleep that out bleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still getting used oh, to is, this. Is there anything else or is that the no, only one? that's the only one. Okay, so here we go. So then let's go uh, outside of the Patreon. Uh, we'll hit as many as we can at the time that we're allowed. Well, actually, I've got one from the Patreon. I got Juline, 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 who hasn't given us a number, but has said, I watched and live tweeted. I think I was most impacted by the parent-child relationships. I also felt it was interesting. There were two people of color, one with a mental illness. The other was an ersatz mother figure to the character with a mental illness, progressive con concepts for the era um we've got hey it's your sister who goes it's not one that i've sat down for a proper watch i've seen bits and pieces not something that was on my must-see list but maybe after bfe coverage i'll change my mind change your mind don't know how we've come across on that one yeah we'll see Uh, we got Port Laurie of the podcast Dwayne Smith Dwayne Smith I can't vote on this as I've never seen it (laughs) I don't especially want to see it but maybe BFE will change my mind I will use it as a film lesson courtesy of Liam Uh, (laughs) there was more to this I think uh let's just continue i think it pops up no it doesn't all right i'm gonna keep going with this uh danny from it's a musical says just like Dwayne smith insert georgia here Dwayne smith. says i haven't seen it so i can't vote i'd be interested to know if it's worth a watch 
And then uh, Liam did respond with some stuff. And I went, oh, an early film lesson from Liam. I think this is going to be another good episode. Hashtag Liam's Film School. <laughs> you got your fair share of hashtag. You got you Team Liam, hashtag. Liam's Film School. Yeah, no, it wasn't Liam who did that. It was Dwayne Smith uh, who did that. Uh, moving on. Oh, we have another one for the Patreon. I'm so sorry. Chris Peterson, hey. whose, name, whose name is He's pronounced Peterson. Peterson. Yes. So I, I said, really so basically I was right, right? And you went, yeah. And I said, we should find a hashtag for that. And you went, yeah, you really should. <laughs> so in the short term. Acknowledge me. That's right. And that's not uh, directed towards Chris. It's directed towards Georgia. <laughs> Chris says, uh, direct quote, uh, haven't seen it either. Not something that's at the top of my watch list at the moment. Carlos says, haven't seen it in a while, but I do remember liking it a lot. I love how it portrays the teen angst and depression. And James Green, James Green, James Dean is great in it. And Hermes says, I haven't seen it. I'm ashamed. And it's yeah. the uh, little uh, buggy from, from yeah. Finding Nemo. So uh, there's about that. Just a little bit more, actually, if I may, from friend of the podcast, Juleen, who will be joining us to be on the Endgame in total. In, in a couple of months, yeah. A couple of months, not yeah. long now. Nice. Says maybe it's a cultural thing or an era thing, but I am watching this movie Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean, and I am not understanding all of his yelling and talking back to the parents. I especially don't get the walking out of the house without permission thing. Rebelling or not, my mama would have given me a reason to be upset, and it would have involved her chancellor. Either way, uh, I may try to leave the house the way these kids did, but I would have caught those hands. What do you think, cultural thing or era thing? Uh, see, Julie, ironically, you're, you're, you're the American in the house. Yeah. So, um, I'd go, I don't know. Both. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. What we have here is we have a film of, you know, some privileged white kids having privileged white kids problems. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that could be that. Absolutely. It could. Uh, part of that might be an era thing as well. Uh, I don't think I would have gotten away of walking out as much as these ones did. Yeah, I wouldn't. (laughs) I was a fairly respectful kid though. In the grand, I was, I was sarcastic and almost I mean, never rouse. We had rouse. But that's arguments for people, not in the UK. <laughs> I think with Jim, it shows it as well because, like, how little he really respects his dad because of how little he thinks he has a backbone. So he will just walk all over him. I think it, it it shows that as well. No, I don't think he wants to walk over him though. But he's proving that he can, and that's why he's so angry. It's a really weird concept. Mm. I think. I, I get that. I think the frustration is like he's saying yeah. I shouldn't be the one in charge here. Yeah, mm. I do think there's something in that. Uh, it's just time now for our rating. So, George, uh, Liam, Liam, you're first up traditionally. What do we got? <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, um, I love this movie because I can tell. Yeah. It, yeah, it means a lot to me from when I was young. Um, but again, watching it through these eyes when we're doing the podcast, it kind of. I told you before, it brings films down a bit, doesn't it? When you look, it at, can. It, when yeah. you look at it through a different perspective and you're trying to analyze it and stuff like that. Especially because when you rewatch films sometimes, I mean, you might have your phone out, you might be talking to someone and you don't get as granularly invested as we do when we do what we do here. Yeah. Yeah. But um, even so. What I'm mindset, saying is that some, some, of the, some of the flaws might then get glossed over yeah, with the nostalgia yeah. of it all. My mindset of a nine-year-old and a teenager and now are completely different. I would hope so. So, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not towards Michelle Pfeiffer. That's still the same. <laughs> How sexualized are you as a nine-year-old? <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> we almost a whole episode without that. So, we were saying about our rating, though. Um, yeah, I was, I was going in with, like, nine, nine and a half that, that sort of uh thing but um i oh it hurts to say it i'm gonna go in with an 
Eight and a half. Eight and a half. A strong eight and a half. Turn off them lights. Eight and a half. Turn off those lights. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Georgia. Um, I definitely didn't have the connection to it that Liam has, and that's fine. Um, I think it's, it is a film for a different time, a film for a different person. Um, I think I've said before quite a lot on the podcast i'm a, i'm massively a pacifist so the fact that they do this out of honor i'm like just no just don't like that that doesn't even enter my brain like it is it's very much i'm very much the ray in the situation they're going just punch the desk don't punch me like yep. what does it matter um so yeah i had a disconnect from it and i'm aware of that um i can appreciate the filming i can appreciate that it did set a lot of the tropes and those sorts of things and i like the color um that they used i think it is written a bit jankedly um the story doesn't make loads of sense they kind of yada yada over a lot of stuff especially like two kids dying um so i'm gonna end up giving it where am i going five and a half kids dead Whoa. out of ten. <laughs> five and a half kids yeah <laughs> yeah Poor well half well you know crunch was only wounded <laughs> uh, Ethan I had such a weird reaction with this one because by the point that like Buzz dies I'm like oh this is really interesting it's gone by really quickly and then you pause the film and I went oh no yeah, I was 100% the same place as you there 40 minutes and it, it, I think my enjoyment of this film comes from watching it in like a 2022 perspective of what can I analyse what can I see this in the, the concept of gender and masculinity and that's great and all but when it's not actually the message it's clouded by everything else and the fact that 44 minutes of this film is unnecessary for me and your first act is your second act and your third act is yeah you're not wrong this film is missing this film's missing the first act yeah yeah and because of that i'm like i I can't see it paced well and it it suffers the same thing with romeo and julia of i everyone's an idiot it's been 12 hours your boyfriend's dead don't kiss him yet. Wait some time. And it's that's on the film, not the characters. Um, so for that, I'm going to go six busted car tires out of ten. Oh, wow. Six busted white walls. Yeah. All right. Um, this is a film that I can teach next year. And I, oh. and I had, like, penciled in. So I was yeah. like, I'm really curious. I've seen some extracts. But I'm like, I want to see what the whole thing comes out as. And I really wanted to like this film. When Liam brings a film, generally it goes one. Well, it doesn't go one of two ways. I mean, generally, <laughs> I, generally I like what Liam brings. Uh, if it's something I haven't seen before, uh, this wasn't it. This wasn't it. Uh, I can see its fingerprints. I can see its influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hard for me to pretend I haven't seen the influence. So it gets some cred for being an influential film. But there are just certain parts I just couldn't escape. Like, you know, shouldn't Buzz's death be a plot point? Yeah. Shouldn't this affect the way that Judy's character, at the very least, if no one else, Judy's character yeah. Yeah, yeah, reacts yeah, yeah. to things? Yeah, yeah. Uh, shouldn't it affect the way that even Ray and the parents and all this sort of... Uh, I I really struggled and felt that just like last week, I had a film that I liked a whole lot more after 60 minutes than I liked after 90 minutes. Yeah. And that was my issue with it. Um, there's some key visuals that you just can't escape. And they're iconic for a reason. Uh, I think it's interesting and maybe important that it's these still images that seem to last the test of time. It is, yeah. And not necessarily the film itself. Okay, yeah. Uh, the cinematography was better than I gave it credit for in my first statement. Good. <laughs> so it left me thinking. I gave Grease a six. You did. 
And I went, do I like this better or worse than Greece? And my first thought is to go, I like Greece better than this. Oh, really? And the, more the I, and the more I thought about it, I went, but I appreciate what's happening with certain elements more than Greece. Okay. So I think it's a better made film than Greece. I think I still like Greece better, but Greece is this the word in like a really (laughs) but like like a really kind like it's like a like a really um safe version of this yes yes yes. so i think the fairest thing i can do is i can sentence them to the same fate and so i'm going to give it six my leather jacket got caught on what now out of ten (laughs) (laughs) well you know me i like to bring like i said to you before I bring films to the table that I loved as a kid and I Dangerous Minds was the worst one for me because I yeah. loved it. And we tore it apart and I could see it and I was like, oh man. And and my ratings go down. And I said to you earlier on, didn't I? I was yeah. like, oh. Now, Georgia, the Patreon, the fifth chair, is there just the one rating on it? Just the one, yeah. Wow, so it's going to carry. It's going to help you. Massively. <laughs> Reverend Bruce was our one vote on the Patreon. <laughs> I think we. I might leave it in at this point. Then, so yeah. Julie, Julene, you've got to give me a number. You've earned the right to put <laughs> Guys, a number use, on it. Use the form. Use, use your power. We beg of you <laughs> because Reverend Bruce gave it ten. Ten out of ten. Get old Reverend Bruce. So that is going to significantly raise that. So we are, 14, 20, 24, 34 divided by five. It's still less than seven out of ten. Yeah, overall yeah, but, um, but it's better than it was going to be i'm happy with that, I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah for the film it is like just under seven out of ten i'll, I'll give it you know like i can see the flaws in it and yeah. i can see the mm. you know what you guys are saying um but again with me it's got a bit a little bit more nostalgia to it you know it's not it's not that romantic comedy that i love um <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's up there. So, just before Georgia reveals what we're watching next week, it's her pick next week. Ooh. Reverend Bruce gets to pick the week after that. So, I'm very curious what Reverend Bruce is bringing to the table on that one. Uh, we oh, want to thank. You know he's going to bring. We want to thank. He says he's not. He says he's not. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I'm, not sure qual- I'm not sure it qualifies. Oh. I'm not sure. Like it, I'm, not, I'm not sure it reaches high enough. Well. I don't know if I could watch it. Uh, I want to thank uh, all of our Patreon backers, our friends of the podcast. Um, that's yes, Reverend Bruce. So that's much. Julene, Andrew Ashevsky, Lena Oberholzer, uh, Ensign Ian Davies, Chris <laughs> Peterson, and Randall Silva. Thank if you, you so too. Wow want to help us keep the lights on here at the studio of awesomeness it's patreon.com slash bfe uh we kept it simple for you um (laughs) and just basically you know um anything that we get is going to go towards just putting stuff into the podcast step one is going to be zoom step two is going to be renewing our podcast fees for the next year and then it's about uh upgrading the mics upgrading the mics Mm -hmm. upgrading the mics and and, and the mic arms so everything we do goes into that anything that we do fun that's on the side that's all out of our own pockets absolutely but uh we want to thank everybody for sort of going we think this has value it's the most it's the most humbling thing and we thank you for that on that note, Georgia, what are we watching next week? Howl's Moving Castle 2. Yeah, isn't the second one. Um, <laughs> still howling, still moving. Hitman's <laughs> Bodyguard's Wife, Daughter's Fish Next Door. No, although I do think we need to do a scene or skip it on Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard now that it's on Prime for free. Yeah, I yeah that would that. be fun. You won't love it. That's, again, stop, stop yeah. giving away. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so uh, I'm picking a film that actually several times over the last couple of weeks I've almost put on to watch myself, but was like no save it for the podcast knowing that i had a pick coming up oh so this is an unseen 
Uh, this is unseen for me, wow. but one I really, really want to see and th- have heard very good things about. So previously, we've seen Hounds Moving Castle, Amelie. These are the sorts of films yeah. that we've got as a result of this. Yeah. Yes. Um, this one should should bode better, um, more because of its production company than anything else. Um, but we are going with the release from literally two months ago, um, starring uh, Stephanie Batrice from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We are going to watch Encanto. Wow. This is the new Disney this one. This is the new Disney one. Encanto, and it qualifies, yes? It qualifies, wow. yeah. Oh, All okay. right, then. I've heard good things about this. Not even a see it or skip it. You're getting a full release on Encanto. Oh, so does this mean, is it a Disney release? It is Disney, yeah. So will this be a crossover? Yeah, we'll do a crossover. Them? I think yeah. we're going to lay a little bit light on the context and just sort of just enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it. I don't want to be, because the hard part for me with this was I knew that, uh, uh, Plato died. Oh, okay. I didn't know Buzz died, but I knew Plato died. Oh, okay. So it takes me a step away from it, which might be a deficit as well in watching it. Okay. So I'm going to sit back and not have as many kind of behind the scenes points and see kind of. I can always how be scrolling feel. through IMDb when we're doing it. Just that's to bring fine. Those yeah, if you want to do that yeah. live and in real yeah. time as we do it, that is cool. So uh, that's what we're doing next week for people on the Patreon. Use your power. Don't let Reverend Bruce bogart all the ratings on <laughs> yes. this one. Let him. Jeez. So it's now a little box as well that you can pop in your thoughts on there, so you don't even have to put. Them you on don't even have to go on. It would be great if the Patreon. If that, that became your sort of one stop shop, there that would be fantastic. Mm. But when Reverend Bruce gave his rating, yep. I had a hallelujah moment. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> please catch uh, the besties coming out on friday we're about to literally hit stop and then record again yeah, so go ahead and do that and catch us next week as we tackle Encanto. which because i was uh revealing i forgot to record but never mind i will do something else for the this is from <laughs> this is from walt disney studios yes. not from pixar not from pixar awesome oh so ooh. i'm very interested in it yeah me too so for best film ever i've been ian I've been Liam James Dean. I've been Nathan. <laughs> I've been And I just want to say that, Liam, I'm glad that despite our opposing views on this film, we've yeah. kept it together. Because otherwise, you'd be tearing me apart! <laughs> you say one thing, you say another. <laughs> yeah. Catch you on the flippity-flap. The flippity-flip-flap. <laughs>